You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. 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 Ten, nine, ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Exeter Sports Network, it's Exeter Eagles football. Sponsored by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center. On the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Tonight, your Exeter Eagles close out the regular season by traveling down 222 to take on the Mannheim Central Barons. Now to the broadcast booth. Here are your announcers, Darren Ziner and Ryan Lineweaver. between your Exeter Eagles and the Mannheim Central Barons at the top of the hour. But first, these messages. Tonight's pregame show is sponsored by Ole Valley Feed. Area's best place for pet food, supplies, and so much more. Featuring all of the prime brands and your pet's favorite food. They also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products, plus chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks. Ole Valley Feet carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All this in unmatched customer service. That's Ole Valley Feed, 143 Cleaver Road in Ole. On the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Two two five five. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. 
Lions. We're coming to you live from Eldon Ratut Stadium, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, for tonight's Lancaster Lebanon Section 2 League game between the Exeter Eagles and the Mannheim Central Barons. Along with my broadcast partner, Ryan Lineweaver, I'm Darren Ziner. Ryan, we've waited for this game all season long. Both teams avoided those trap games. They've run the gambit, 9-0 overall, 5-0 in league play. And here we are, two heavyweights ready to slug it out for the Section 2 side title. Now we're going to name the pregame show the tale of the tape, but before we get to that, we'll go to last year's game. And Ryan, I'm sure the Barons and their head coach, Dave Hahn, had today's game circled after last year's demolition by Exeter. I mean, down 36 nothing at the half will do that to you. Now they put on some points late. They ended up losing 43-26. Um, but again, these are two virtually compl like completely different teams. Uh, you have one of the best passers in all of Lancaster Lebanon League, and Zach Hahn didn't throw a pass. Well, he threw, I believe, two um, in the uh, completed two passes last game, threw a touchdown uh, in last year's game. But you also have... You know, your star running back in Bryson Armold, who didn't see any time. So as much as uh, they certainly have things circled, it will come down a lot to their offensive skill players on both sides of the football. This year, Exeter's ranked number two in 5A. They're behind up in Dublin, while Manheim Central is ranked number six in Class 4A. And Ryan, you compare the offensive stats, Exeter, had they kept their ones on the field, they would have had certainly a lot more gaudy numbers, just like Mannheim Central. But give them credit, their numbers are impressive enough. Uh, they certainly are, as we uh, swap headsets here. So apologies if you haven't been able to hear Darren. I, I know that I haven't. Darren, say something. I'm back. There we go. Now I can hear him. We got you. Did you not grab the one Boom. that had your uh, your name written that on the headset? That does have my name on it, so I know I grabbed the right one. <laughs> uh, sorry, you want no. to go back to what you were saying? Absolutely, yeah. Talking now about. Now that I can hear you, it's not like I'm standing <laughs> next to you, but. So why do why is it working for me, but it wouldn't work for Darren? That Dude, I, this is bizarre. I can't answer that one. Okay. I just had Go it on, on my I'm head. Go on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, so if you hear this a second time, that's all right. Go <laughs> along with this. So this year, Exeter's ranked number two in 5A. They're behind Upper Dublin. Mannheim Central ranked number six in Class 4A. And you compare the offensive stats, and Ryan, had Exeter kept their ones on the field longer, uh, Coach Matt Bauer did a good job as far as pulling them off, not really racking up uh, scores, if you will. But you take a look at their numbers, and they're impressive nonetheless. Oh, they certainly have. We've run into, especially those first couple of games, that we did take out the starters, right? Uh, it took a very long while before anybody put points up against our first-team defense. It took until almost, uh, they almost did it in the Governor Mifflin game. Uh, but it took a very long time before anybody saw our first-team defense long enough to put points up on the board against them because we were, you know, putting up 35 nothing against Daniel Boone, 35 nothing against West York, 36-6 to against Mifflin. The Boyertown game was only a 16-point margin, but Exeter was still up very large in that one as well. So, yeah, it would be very similar uh, when you look at the, uh, the two sides here. And like I said, it's virtually carbon copies of, of each team. You have a very effective quarterback uh, for Mannheim Central. You have a very effective running game for Mannheim Central. If somebody who's averaging over nine yards a carry. Uh, but Richie Karstein has picked it up here, especially towards the end of the year. And I think that we're going to see a very heavy dose of Karstein here tonight. 
but the, this should be a fantastic game between two, uh, at least on paper, evenly matched teams. Absolutely. Let's talk about Exeter's offense. Exeter averaging 42.5 points per game. The highest of any Class 5A team in the state. They're led by six foot one inch, 170 pound senior quarterback Mason Ritelli. He's the top ranked passer in the Lancaster 11 in league. Ryan, he has impressive season totals. He does. Almost 1,200 yards passing, 72 completions, 98 attempts. Good for just shy of 75% uh, completion percentage. And that's for somebody who never threw a pass before this year. He had a couple of rushing attempts, but never actually threw the rock. And again, we talked about them not having uh, some of that experience playing each other with some of the key skills positions. Like I said, you'll see it with Rotelli. You'll see it with Karstein. This is their opportunity to make a mark. They were on the sideline for last year's game, uh, you know, and this year. It's like a brand-new game for them. They can immediately put that out of their minds, not even think about it, because they didn't play. So for them, it's a brand-new football game, and I'm excited to see what they do here tonight. Absolutely. You mentioned Richie Karstein. Four yards shy of 1,000 on the year is averaging, as you mentioned, eight, nine yards a carry, 111 average per game. He's got five 100-yard games on the year, 15 touchdowns. But you know what? Mason Rotelli is going to be a big factor tonight as well. Mason Rotelli can do both. You know, get you a quarterback who can do both. Get you somebody who can do both, and that's Mason Rotelli. He has 60 attempts, 373 yards. He's punched it in himself seven times this year. So while, yeah, you're going to be keying in on Karstein, expect a heavy dose of Rotelli as well uh, from the quarterback position. On the receiving front, Joey Schlaffer, Zach Zandier for a good part of the season. And here's where we're going to give a shout-out to Nicole Zandier. She gave us a nice recommendation she on did. Facebook. And uh, certainly, thank you for listening. We appreciate your kind comments. And we will do the best that we can, Ryan, for not only her, but, of course, uh, and, and also somebody else. And also, I'm... Nathan Pashley's grandma gave us some very, uh, some very nice words. That's right. So when we take a look at, again, Joey Schlaffer, Zach Zandier, but, Ryan, there's a nice supporting cast there as well. There is. You're going to see a heavy dose of those two guys. They work primarily. A Schlaffer can line up anywhere on the field. You'll see him at tight end. You'll see him in the slot. You'll see him line up out wide. And, I mean, why not? You have a D1 commit going to Penn State next year. You've had James Franklin show up on campus at least once. Uh, showed up to Wyo like the following week. But regardless, you know, you have weapons like that. You have... Schlaffer, who's averaging 22 yards a catch. You have Zandir, who's averaging 19. Uh, and these two guys, you toss it up to them, they're going to come down with it. But then you talk about the supporting cast. You have guys like Isaiah Choi. You have Carter Redding. Uh, even if you need to throw in someone like a genuine Stutzman, Joven Hollis is back uh, as well from injury. You know, you have guys who will be able to take some of the, the shoulder burden off of Schlaffer, depending how they decide to handle him here tonight. Absolutely. We will have more pregame comments after this commercial break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. 
sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies remind you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. We'll go silent for the playing of our national anthem. We talked about Exeter, and before we get started, we'll talk a little bit about Mannheim Central. They're Just led a bit. by head coach Dave Hahn. 28 years in coaching. He's in his eighth year with Mannheim Central. Overall record, 78-15. and 15. And everything will go through the quarterback, Zach Hahn. Oh, he's fantastic. 25 touchdowns, two picks this year. He's right up there with Rotelli amongst the best in not only Section 2, but the entire Lancaster Lebanon League. So you talk about him, he's a traditional quarterback. He's going to stay in the pocket an awful lot. Only 24 rushing attempts the entire year, but completing just over, just under 63% of his passes, just under 1,800 yards. He's a force out there at only 5'11", uh, but him, and I'm sure that you're going to bring up Armold next, both of them juniors. So go ahead and bring up Bryson Armold. All right, he's averaging 180 yards per game. He's got 26 TDs, 25 rushing and one in the air, and Ryan, yeah, expect to see a lot of him tonight. 1,600 yards on the ground for Bryson Armold. Again, talking about another junior. We're going to see these Barons again next year. There's no doubt about it. You have Han, you have Armold. You know, this is just the beginning for him, and hopefully Exeter can uh, kind of nip that in the bud. Maybe they'll meet again next year. Who knows? But at least for now, two very capable juniors, uh, you know, stepping in for seniors who graduated last year. Matthew Skipper kicks off for Exeter. It's a squib picked up at the 32-yard line. Gets over the 35, maybe to the 36. And that's where the Barons will take over first and 10. Kylan Watson scooping it up off the ground there, but met immediately by Kyle Lash, the six-foot senior linebacker. Working special teams here to start off and allowing the, uh, the Barons to start at their own 36-yard line. They come out over the ball. Zach Hahn in the gun. Armold behind him. Offset eye. 
Two receivers left. Here's the snap. It's Armel trying to run up the middle. Not a whole lot there. They'll give him the 39-yard line. It'll be a gain of three and second and seven for the Barons. It'll be Lash and Palange there in on the stop. And, yeah, just trying to find some daylight. There was a little bit there, uh, but quickly closed by the Exeter defense. So the ball marked actually on the 40-yard line. Give him a gain of four. It'll be second and six. The Barons break the huddle. Zach Hahn again on the gun. There's an offset eye. Armold behind him. Two receivers left, empty to the right. There's the snap. Here's Armold again trying to run right. Nothing there. Anthony Cachese taking a look. Lucas Polange, Jonathan Martin, they all stack him up. Looks like they're going to give him a gain of two. Call it third down and five for the Barons. Armold that time. Probably had space to go even further off tackle outside the hash marks. That time tried to cut it inside. Exeter sitting there waiting for him. Han in the gun. He's got an offset eye. Armold behind him. Fakes the handoff. He's looking left. Pulls it down. He's rolling left. Tries to throw it across his body to enter line. It's too far incomplete. And the Barons will have to punt. That time certainly looking for Armold out of the backfield. Had a little fake to him trying to throw it out into the flat, and then Armel just keeps on going in that wheel route. Kind of surprised that Han didn't keep focused in on him because he had some green out there in the left flat, instead trying to throw it across. I mean, he said it was enterline, right? It was, Aaron Enterline. That one just out of reach, and a good stand here by Exeter, making a fourth and four. And surprise, Zach Han is back to punt. Nathan Pashley stands as it own, at his own 26. Han gets it away. The ball will bounce at the 30. It takes a Barron's roll. It's inside the 15. It'll go to about the 13, and that's where they'll down it. It'll be first and 10 for Exeter. Yeah, as soon as that bounced about 10 yards in front of Pashley and started skipping towards him, he noped right out of that, started throwing up his arms, wanted nothing to do with it, just letting it roll and letting the football gods determine where they uh, end up with the football. Talked about a lot last week where Nathan did a good job coming up and actually corralling some of those shorter kicks to keep that from happening. So we'll see if they don't talk to him and try to keep that from happening. So Mason Ritelli in the gun. Richie Karstein sidecar left. Single receivers left and right. There's the snap. It's Karstein off to the right. Not a whole lot there. He'll get across the 15. We'll see where they give him. Looks like the 16-yard line. So a gain of three. It'll be second and seven. Yeah, nothing fancy there just a little zone run at best and able to gain just a handful of yards four uh, so it'll bring up second down and six Exeter in the huddle they come out in their white jerseys blue letters white helmets with the blue stripe right down the center Vitelli in the gun that's right dream. here is Karsteen running to the right he gets the 25 yard line Looks like they'll give him the 26. It'll bring up third and short. Again, Karstein not doing anything fancy that time, getting behind his big offensive line and letting them do a lot of the work. But, oh, by the way, Richie Karstein, also a big bruising runner, so he's going to be pushing that offensive line along with him and making it a third and three feet. Ritelli under center. Karstein in the backfield. Single receivers left and right. Karstein yeah, has it bowling his way forward. He gets the 25, no doubt about this one. First down, Exeter. Said before this game, you're probably going to see a heavy dose of Richie Karstein. They did it during Hempfield. When they're playing better teams, you're not going to see an awful lot of second-teamers coming in and spelling Richie Karstein. You're going to see him going right at it. 
first three plays of this drive. Handoffs to Karstein, right up the gut. Ball mark just outside the 36. Ratelli comes out in the gun. Karstein behind him to the right. He drops straight back. He's looking. He fires. He hits Zach Zandier in the right flat, just getting the 30-yard line. Let's see where they mark it. It's about the 32. It'd be getting five. That's where it looks like they'll put it, right at the 32-yard line, second down Exeter. Well, Zandier, nothing fancy. You have a big six-foot-five target. You throw him out into space, and that's exactly what they uh, what they did. You see it very often with Zach Zandier just coming across the formation, making the catch, making it half the distance. Ratelli in the gun. Karstein sidecar left. There's the snap. Hands it off to Karstein. Running right. There's a lot of room. He's got the 50. Pushed out of bounds inside the 45. A big run, Richie Karstein. They ran it off tackle. He was lined up. They brought it back to the right. Around the end, all the space in the world, and they'll mark him out at the Barons 47. Trying to get a good bearing of how many yards that is. They're going from the 32. So a gain of 21 for Karstein on, on that run. And, yeah, he had one man to beat. Met him in the backfield, and Karstein just ran right around him down that right flank, and he was untouched for a large swath of it. Ritelli in the gun, Karstein, sidecar left. There's the snap. He gets it to Karstein. He's rolling right. Gets the 45 all the way down to the 41-yard line. It'll be a gain of six and second and four. That time, Karstein cutting it back inside the tackle. A big old juke to his left. And it, once again, just breaking off large chunks of yardage on every single gain. His worst run has been for four yards and five touches. Absolutely powerful runner. Ratelli comes out on the gun again. Two receivers to the right, one left. Karstein sidecar, there's the snap. This will be Ratelli. He's bouncing it to the outside. He's got the 40. A flag comes in. Likely coming back. They're going to mark him out at the 42, but like you said, Ryan, very possibly a hold on the corner, and that's what it is. Yeah, it looked like Zandier got a piece of the, uh, the Barons defender that time. Spun him around, and an easy call. You get these an awful lot going out, you know, wide to either side, and this time Zandier, the recipient of the flag. It's a spot foul. We'll see where they end up marking it. They're walking it back. They'll put the ball down 49. at the 49-yard line of the Eagles. It'll make it second and about 14. Well, regardless of how that ended up happening, it was a very strong run from Rotelli. Don't be surprised if we see a few more of those uh, quarterback keepers thrown out there. He's in the gun. Karstein sidecar. There's the snap. Karstein running left. He's got, He's got a, lot a lot of room, room on the left-hand side. He's at the 40, the 35, taken out of bounds. They're going to give him the 31, and it's a 20-yard run for Richie Karstein. Yeah, he's going up against Bodie Sipple there, just going one-on-one, -on -one, and that time outracing him to the sideline, able to get from his own 49-yard line all the way down to the 31. So once again, just Karstein doing a large part of the work, this time wide open run down that left flank and nearly off to the races. We knew a big part of this game was going to be dominance on the offensive and defensive line. So far, Exeter's offensive line, they've come to play. So Ritelli's in the gun, Karstein to his right, single receivers left, right. It's a handoff to Karstein running left. There's room. He'll get down to the 25-yard line. It'll be a gain of six. Call it second and four. Once again, do we need to keep bringing up that Karstein doesn't have a run of less than four yards to start off his seventh carry here? They actually he just... backed him up a yard, so 
give him five on it. It'll be second and five. So 66 yards on seven touches. You just keep feeding him. It's really that simple. Mannheim Central's done nothing to stop him. And until they do, you just keep feeding Richie Karstein. Let man eat. Ritelli in the gun. This is going to be a quarterback keeper. Tries to get past the 25, but he's taken down immediately. It'll be a gain of one. Call it third and four for the Eagles. Not an awful lot of green in front of him. That time, Karstein acting as a lead blocker, but it's the defender getting past Kyle Lash on the offensive line, able to get it up to the 25, a gain of one for Rotelli. And credit to Kyle Lash being the Diamond Credit Union Offensive Player of the Week on MikeDragosports.com. So congratulations to Kyle Lash for that honor. Ritelli comes out in the gun. Karstein to his left. Single receivers left and right. There's the snap. It's a handoff to Karstein running right. He's pulling tacklers with him. He's going to get a first down on his own. Well, let's see where they mark it. Looks like they might mark him a little bit shy. So call it fourth and about one. All right. Now I can stand corrected that finally a run of less than four yards. That one going for three. But, oh, yeah, he has Cooper's. Right on top of him, he weigh, he's 6'2", 240, and Karstein's just dragging him along like I'm, I do to my four-year-old. Ritelli under center, the handoff to Karstein. He just lowers his head, Why not? gets to the 20-yard line. That's enough for a first down, and Exeter's drive continues. That's just our guys are bigger than your guys. And you line them up, fourth and one, yeah, why not? He handed off to Karstein, and he's inevitably going to move that pile forward. He lowers his head, powers through. Gets what he needs to, and again, the Exeter drive continues. 5.40 to go here in the first. And another situation where Exeter doing a great job as far as keeping ball control. Obviously, the Barons' offense off the field. Ritelli in the gun, takes the snap, throws it to Joey Schlaffer near side. He's fighting for yards. It'll be a first down as he's almost to the six-yard line and it'll be first and goal for Exeter. Gain of 14 there for Schlaffer, his first touch of the game, and we've seen this time and time again. that They get into the red zone, Matt Bauer dumbs down the offense, and he says, our playmakers are better than yours. And virtually all the time, you'll see Zach Zandier touch it, you'll see Joey Schlaffer touch it, you'll see you know Mason Rotelli on keepers, you'll see a just hand off the Karstein. Very simple offense, but it works every time because you're lining up Schlaffer down here one-on-one with a cornerback. Here's the snap to Ritelli. Hands it to Karstein. He's running right. He's breaking through into the end zone. Touchdown, Exeter. His sixth touch. Sorry, six yards on the score. His tenth touch of the drive. It's getting uh, my numbers conflated here. 77 yards of offense, all credited to one man on that drive, Richie Karstein. And we knew it was a matter of if you can stop our running game, you've got a chance. But they just took off a huge chunk of time here in the first. They punch it in the end zone and waiting for Matthew Skipper. I think they're missing a player on the field looking to the sideline. I'm not sure if they've given up 77 yards of rushing offense in a game this year. Let alone on one single drive. Or as far as points in the first quarter. So Matthew Skipper, ready to put this one through. It's down. His foot's through it. And it is good. 4.48 to go here in the first. It's the Eagles 7, the Barons nothing. 
We'll be back with more action after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. Exeter very methodically drives down the field, punches it across. And of course, the defense coming up big, holding the Barons on their first possession and basically shoving it down their throat saying, go ahead and stop us. You go three and out on that first possession as a squib kick touched around the 20-yard line. Sorry, I'll just take no, this take one. it. And then corralled around the 30, finally running into about three different Eagles, shoved out of bounds by Alex Pinheiro. I'm not doing stats, but I'll give him credit for the tackle. Bodie Seipel, a 5'10", 170-pound junior on the return for the Barons. But like you said, gang tackled at the 33, pushed out of bounds. That's where the Barons will take over first and 10. With 13 plays on that drive. Even more yardage than you thought because they had the 10-yard holding. So 14 if you really want to if you want to count the uh, the play that was blown dead. Just an absolute monster uh, job by Exeter getting down the field. Hans in the gun, Armold behind him. There's motion left to right. There's the snap. Armold's running left, trying to get to the 35. He cuts back. Lash hits him. So does Reedy. They'll give him the 39-yard line. It'll be a gain of six and call it second and four. That time going off the left tackle and eventually hits the left side of the Exeter Eagles defensive line, getting off their blocks and waiting for Armold to try to cut it back to the opposite side of the field. And when he does, you got Joey Reedy waiting for you. Yeah, you're not getting past Joey Reedy. The Barons come out over the ball, two receivers right, one in motion right to left, single receiver left. Hahn in the gun, hands it off to Armold. He's trying to run up the middle. He gets the 40, still on his feet, gets near the 50. That's where they'll mark him down. It's a 12-yard run for Armold and a Barron's first down. Well, finally starting to see them cooking with a little bit of gas here, getting a good gain on that first, first uh, you know, offensive possession here and uh, able to do the same here. So we'll see if they're able to keep it up. Sorry, that was not my best work on color. We're willing to give you the pass. You're doing great. Hans in the gun. Armold behind him. Two receivers left, one right. There's the snap. He fires to the right. Flat hits. Enter line. He's hit by Nathan Pashley. They'll give him the 39-yard line. Excuse me, the 41-yard line. It'll be a gain of nine and second and one for the Barons. Well, that time, plenty of space for enter line. Just running that little out route. Pick up nine yards. Make it second and short. Now, world is your oyster here. You can take a shot. Try to go deep on second and one because you know that Armold's probably going to pick it up. So don't be surprised if they take a shot here. Han comes out in the gun. Arnold Armold behind him. Here's the snap. He's got the handoff. He's oh, running right. There's a big hole. He breaks through. He's got the 20, the 10. And that's where he's brought down. 
It looks like they'll give him the 11-yard line. It's a 30-yard run for Armold. And the Barons are in the red zone. And if it wasn't for Nathan Pashley, that would have been six up on the board. Coming all the way across from his cornerback position and jumping on his back and bringing him down just outside the 10-yard line. So let me tell you. They have some freaking horses on this team, and Bryson Armold is just one of them. We absolutely are seeing the horse that they have in Armold. So Zach Hahn's in the gun, Armold behind him. Two receivers left, one right. There's motion left to right. There's the snap, fakes the handoff, rolling right, looking, looking. Nothing there. He throws it out of bounds. Hahn takes a shot from Kyle Lash. He's looking for a call, but nothing thrown. I mean... He's just continuing to draw that play out, and there really wasn't much there. He had a man coming out here into the flat, another one in the corner of the end zone, both well covered. Nowhere to go, throws it away, and yeah, he's going to take a shot at the end of that play. Totally fine, totally legal, but that's what happens when you extend plays outside the pocket. Don't be surprised if you get popped. That's right. 2.17 to go here in the first, 7-0 Exeter. The Barons in the huddle, Exeter waiting for him. They break it. Han will be in the gun. Armold will be behind him. Two receivers left, one right. There's the snap. It goes to Armold. He's trying to bounce it outside. But taking a look, Joey, Joey Schlaffer all over him, not going to give it to him. This very well may be a gain of one. Yeah, you might want to pick a different side of the field to run to. Joey Schlaffer coming off his block and just riding him like Seabiscuit out of bounds. Absolutely, he did nothing there. So third and nine, ball marked on the 10-yard line. That's right, you will get Seabiscuit references here on the Exeter Sports Network. So Hans in the gun, Armold behind him, two receivers left, one right. Here's the snap. He's looking right, throws right to enter line, trying to get him in. He is hit immediately driven out of bounds. Joven Hollis was the first guy there. Gain Miles about, Brandt came and helped him out. Now they're going to mark the ball inside the five. Seven. They'll put it on to the three. Yeah. So they can still pick up a first down here without scoring the football. Just have to get down to the one. That's right. Fourth down, call it two. We're at a minute to go here in the first. Play clock at 10. Actually, on they're fourth down, they're it kicking a field two. goal. Uh, don't be so shocked here. So they're, here. they're rushing this. The ball's oh, down. Yeah. His foot's through All it. All right. And it's good. Sure. 44 seconds. Yeah, that kind of surprised all of us. 44 seconds to go here in the first. It's Exeter 7. Mannheim Central 3. We'll be back with more first quarter action. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine in or take out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Dylan Neff rushed onto the field. 
puts it through the uprights. There were literally two or one second on the play clock. We thought they would go for it in that situation. You've got Arnold back there. You figure he can pick that up for you, but they elect to go for the field goal. They hit it. And kicking off for the Barons is Luke Forwood. He's approaching it. Yeah, sorry. We talk about Exeter's uniforms being a sports information dream. Manheim Central's not so much. So there's the kick. Carter Redding can't get it cleanly around the 21. He's forced back a few yards. They'll mark him at the 19, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. That time, maybe not the best decision. Trying to, uh, to bring it out there, trying to reverse course. Just nowhere to go. Well covered by the Barons. So far this first quarter, Exeter had, there you go, someone, uh, look at that little guy running out and getting the tee. <laughs> How about that? That was really good. So Exeter comes into formation. Mason Ritelli in the gun. Richie Karstein to his left. There's the snap. It's going to be Ritelli with the run trying to go left, and there's absolutely nothing there. Call it no gain. It'll be second down. Rotelli on the quarterback keeper that time. Just absolutely nowhere to go. Well covered again by the Barons as they now have a little bit of steam to them. And if they can make a stop here, and we may not get another play here before the end of the, the first quarter, and we won't as they will let the 10 seconds click, click off and probably a smart decision by Matt Bauer. Start the second quarter fresh, get some uh, fresh legs behind it, and try to... Uh, you know, stop any kind of momentum that Mannheim Central thinks that they have. That's right. 12 minutes of play in the books here at Mannheim. It's Exeter 7, Mannheim Central 3. We'll be back with Ryan and the second quarter after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. You're listening to Exeter Equals Football on the Exeter Sports Network. Back here on the Exeter Sports Network, 7-3 Eagles on top. They went largely on the back of Richie Karstein on that first drive. 77 yards all on his lonesome. We'll see if he touches the football here. And it does. It's a pitch play out to the right side. He's trying to outrace about five different Barons. And just to add some uh, salt into the wound, there might be a holding penalty against Exeter. Nice job, Kalen Watt, a 5'10", 190-pound linebacker for the Barons. Chases down Karstein from behind, yet it's a, a hold. hold will take him back further. Yeah, so even with the spot foul, we're still looking at second and about 20 now is... Pretty much no gain on that. Doesn't look like they, uh, and it's thrown at the 19. So, yeah, you may as well just march them all the way back. 
inside their own 10. Certainly you can feel the momentum shift after that first touchdown. They get the field goal, a few big stops here. The penalty, which of course is going to hurt Exeter's chances here. And we'll see what the Barons can do with it from here on out. And we'll see if they cook up, obviously, on your own nine-yard line. You don't want to, uh, you know, potentially turn the ball over. We'll see if they decide to uh, to play it safe. They have some uh, opportunity out here wide to the left. And instead, they will hand off to Karstein. Karstein gets back to the 10-yard line or so, but stuffed by the Barons. Once again, well covered by them. I think it was Wyatt Cooperus again in yeah. on the stop. Yeah, breaking through uh, in the middle, not giving Karstein any room to run at all. They stack him up at the line, bring him down. It's third and long. So this, I wouldn't imagine that they're going to get fancy with it. On your own 11-yard line and 18 yards to go. Crazier things have happened. The Barons fans, very excited, obviously. This time, Rotelli hit as he throws, and almost playing defense on that was, it wasn't Pashley, it was actually Carter Redding coming Ma across. Mason Rotelli had a defender in his face as he throws the ball a little too far for Carter Redding doing a cross over the middle. Thankfully, he gets a hand on it because the Barons defender may have had an opportunity to pick it off. May have been the equivalent of a punt regardless, but Exeter will have to punt. Might have been better than a punt as their returner stands here at the Exeter 45-yard line to receive this one. Would have been roughly in the same area. So Pashley will roll to his right. Punt is away. It is up. It will be bouncing at the 40. Almost goes straight up into the air and takes a, well, no bounce at all. And it will be at the 40-yard line. Barron's excellent field position to start. That's right. When that ball came down, Carter Redding was battling with Roland Hoffer for the Barons, and it was going to be interesting if that ball would have taken a little bit of a quirky bounce towards the middle of the field. It would have hit him, and Exeter may have had an opportunity to get the ball. Regardless, it bounces out of bounds, and that's where the Barons will take over, first and 10 on the 40. Well, we'll see if they go back to that play when they have a little bit more breathing room, too, because... Carter Redding standing out there, one-on-one -on -one coverage. There's zero safety help, and he's probably got about 10 yards of wide-open green space to run whatever route his heart desires. So don't be surprised if they come back to it. A little fake handoff thrown out into the flat. It is complete to enter line again. Nathan Pashley takes him out of bounds. They'll give him the 33. It's a gain of seven. It'll be second and short for the Barons. On his fifth pass, he's completed three of them for just 23 yards. But for Enterline, his third catch, he's uh, caught all of them. He caught seven last week over 100 yards. So he's going to be one of the primary targets of Han all game long. And again, another junior on this Barons team. So that one, a high snap corral by Han. Ball is on the ground. It was fumbled by Bryson Armold. Not a, uh, a great connection there across the board. Lucas Palange charging through, brings him down. It's going to be a loss of a couple. Take it back to the 35. It'll bring up third and five. We'll see what they come out here with. Feels like a passing down. The Barons lucky for that one. Arnold never had it. Ball was down immediately. 
and Palange on it quickly, but not before Arnold could jump on it. Yeah, he had to jump up for that one. Never really got a clean hold on it. And coming across the formation, Han claps his hands. He steps back, already flushed out of the pocket. He's going to toss it long into double coverage. Nothing there. And a flag thrown. And this actually and this should, be should be offensive, offensive pass interference. Pass interference. Enterline right. shoving Joven Hollis at the end of that route. And you would have to imagine that they'll mark him back. And that should put them in punt formation if it is offensive pass interference. It absolutely will be. One of those Joven Hollis with him stride for stride. All of a sudden, he was shot out of a cannon going towards. Oh, and oh, they called against goodness. Exeter. Wow. Wow. Joven wow. Hollis was shoved about five yards beyond that route. Wow. Goodness. Coach Bauer has got to be beside himself. Wow. And, yep, they're going to walk it off. Unbelievable. All right. One of those where, in my truly humble but accurate opinion, Joven Hollis was running behind the receiver. The ball is thrown too far. Enterline gets a right hand, shoves him to the ground, and I'm, they call pass interference on exit. I'm not sure if it's a catchable ball to begin with, but neither here nor there. It's a first down. Hahn drops back, fires one across the middle. That one incomplete. Threw it behind. It looks like Bodie Sipple again. It is Bodie Sipple. Yeah, one of those where Zach Hahn went back there just looking to crank it up and fire one over the middle. It ultimately is behind him. Closest to it was Lucas Palange, but it falls incomplete. Yeah, when just throwing it behind him, it had some sauce on it, though. It absolutely did. It was zip. That'll bring up second and 10 on the 20-yard line. Once again, Exeter leading 7-3, 9.41 remaining here in the second quarter. Han lined up in the backfield, two wide receivers to the right. They hand off to Arnold, and he is going to be stood up by Anthony Cachese. Drops him at the line of scrimmage. Looks like a loss of one, and that's all cheese right there. He is big. He is bad. He stacked the line of scrimmage. Absolutely nowhere for Arnold to go, and he finishes him off by himself. It's going to bring up third and long. Have to imagine, once again, it's a passing down, but third and 11. Probably outside of field goal range would be about a 38-yarder from here. Quick score, Mannheim Township 7, Wilson nothing. Once again, lining up, fullback to his right, that little wing tee. They'll fake to Arnold, rolling out to his right. He had oh. a wide receiver and knocked away by Nigel Meekins at the line to gain. Well done by him, breaking late and knocking the ball away. Absolutely. One of those where an opportunity to hit it on the right flat. Nigel Meekins reads it. Had he broken just a little bit early, that could have been a lot of green in front of him with a pick six. But needless to say, he knocks it away. It's fourth down. So still fourth and 11. It does look like they're going to send the offense. Well, not send them back out there. They'll keep them in there. At the end of one, it's Burks Catholic 14, Elko nothing. Oh, it's a six. Jerry learning how to write. <laughs> Offensive line up there. They're going to run Armold out to the left flat, well covered. And this time Hahn deciding to run for it. He's going to throw it into the corner of the end zone. Oh, my, what a pitch and catch. That's six on the board for the Barons. And I believe that's Enterline, who basically ran the entire length as Zach wow. Hahn was rolling right. 
inner line ran the entire length of the baseline from about the middle of the end zone to the far corner, and Han hits him for six. How about that? And when you're talking about guys that you need to cover, he's certainly, certainly the guy. And that time, there was zero breathing room in the back corner of that end zone. It looked like Han might think about running for it and instead fires it. Well caught. That one, the extra point is up good and into the fan section. And the Barons now on top, 10 to 7. That's a tough one. One of those fourth and 11, and you know ultimately where they have to go with it, like you said, and they allow that play to happen. I'm not sure if Hahn could have thrown that ball better, though. It was well covered. He just made a better play. He did. 10-7, Barons on top with 9.22 left here in the second quarter. We'll be back for more. It'll be Exeter football when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of EXP Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. All 43 yards from Zach Hahn here tonight have gone to Aaron Enterline, and that makes it 10 nuts. 10 to 7 in favor of the Barons. Zach Hahn, easily the best quarterback that we've seen all year, and for good reason. This one kicked off. Patchley to return inside his own 10. Wrapped up at the 25. Looks like Bryson Armold in on the stop. So a gain of about 15, and that's where the Eagles will start off their third offensive drive. A few games ago, we found the weakness that Exeter had the secondary where they were exposed a little bit later on. We put the ball up 293 yards in that game for the QB. A lot of late garbage time. Sure. But at that point, that is the one thing. Knowing a quarterback like Zach Hahn, he can put the game, uh, the, the ball up. He's got some receivers. It's time handoff to Karstein. And Karstein drugged down behind the line. Trying to go off right tackle, and this time he's brought down by Jaden White, a six foot 204 senior defensive end. It'll bring up second and long. Exeter trying to use the Richie Karstein power, but the Barons establishing themselves on the defensive front, being able to push him back, taking Karstein down for the loss. Loss of two on the play. Karstein once again lining up in the gun next to Rotelli. This time Rotelli, a quarterback keeper. Not much room there either. He will get back to the line of scrimmage and immediately ridden back. Rocco Daugherty right along the line just as he got to the original line of scrimmage. Just stood him up, drove him straight back. It'll be third and ten. Not much going here for Rotelli tonight. His third run, just one yard to his credit. Now, once again, third down and long. Unable to get anything going on the ground. You're going to have to put the ball in the air here. And we'll see if they go back here. Once again, you have Carter Redding lined up to his left. 
You have Joey Schlaffer to his right. He's going to look to Redding. He's going to escape the pocket. He's across the 30, 35, 40. He has a first down. That looked a little bit more designed than just a uh, regular old uh, Rotelli deciding to tuck and run. But once that pocket didn't necessarily collapse, but he had a wide open hole right in front, and he took it. Nice recognition. They threw three receivers out, spreading the field. And once that hole opened up, like you mentioned, looked like by design, he just took off right up the middle. A huge hole gets out to the 40 in a first down. Well, that might be head coach Matt Bauer seeing something that he liked on previous passing downs, especially third downs that, hey, they're going to throw a whole bunch of bodies into coverage and pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Flag down. Karstein breaks free. He's across the 50-40, down close to the 35. But I would imagine where that flag was thrown, it will be coming back. And that's what it looks like. It's a legal motion on motion. Exeter. Referee Dave Anderson on the call. Those are the tough plays to come back. A huge hole. He hits it, gets inside Barron's territory, but all for naught. So it'll be a five-yard five penalty. Replay first down. So after the first quarter, it's Boyertown 28, Upper Perk 7. Interesting stat here, 306 yards rushing for Boyertown in the first quarter. Uh, somehow that does not surprise me. Judging by what we saw out of them earlier this year, you savage, just an absolute monster. This time, trying to go up the gut again, and Karstein stuffed. It seems like if he can't hit it and he's trying to do the east and west slide, the Barons do a good job of closing that secondary hole. He gets two on the play. It'll be second and long. Yeah, so it'll be second down and 13. He'll gain two on the play. It's Karstein still... A good first half here, 79 yards on 13 touches. Once again, big heavy formation. Rotelli drops back looking, has the pocket, but not enough arm strength to try to get it across to Zach Zandier, who was in the right flat, and not an awful lot of time remaining there as Zandier was running out of real estate, and Rotelli just unable to get it out to him. Kylan Watson, a six foot 165 junior, closing the gap there, knocking it away at the last minute. But like you said, that was more a situation of arm strength uh, as opposed to not being able to get it there. It brings up third and long. It wouldn't have been a game for much either. So, you know, at that point, kind of saves Zandier from having to make a circus catch. The third and 13, down by three. Looking out, a little screen to Schlaffer. Schlaffer throwing oh. it deep, and he's going to overshoot his... <laughs> receiver. Genuine he had stuntsman. him. He had him. A little trickeration there. A quick uh, lateral if you will pass from Rotelli to Schlaffer. It looked like Schlaffer hurried it a little much. He could have corralled it taken maybe a little bit of a step and put it on Stutzman. But as such it's just a little bit too far and it falls incomplete. Bring up fourth down. Barron's looking to tack some more points on the board here in their next possession. This one back to Pashley. Pashley, the punt is away, and it's a good one. He's going to track him back inside their own 30. Some green in front of him. He's across the 40, now across midfield, now across the 45, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Stick six more on the board. I don't know how he didn't get out of bounds here right by the near sideline. 
but Enterline, his second score of the game. And just like that, the Barons up 16-7. And watching the kick return coverage for Exeter, they didn't hold their lanes. They were bunched up in the middle of the field, and by the time he literally was at the 50-yard line, then Exeter starts chasing after him, and like you said, he was able to somehow stay in bounds. He's getting pinballed around the 40, 35-yard line, stays in bounds, and takes it the distance. So 16 to 7. Got to tell you, Exeter hasn't seen this all year long. Their first handful of games, even the uh, the tougher games that they've played, they're going to have to show some uh, some real gusto here, getting the ball back. Pretty much immediately. Virtually no time ticking off the clock there. But Exeter down by 10, 17 to 7-6-0-7 left to play here in the first half. They'll get the ball back and look to put more points on the board when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the old inn. You're listening to Exeter Equals Football on the Exeter Sports Network. 17-7, Barons on top here in Mannheim. As a virtually a 73-yard punt return for a touchdown from Enterline, his second score of the game, has the Barons up by 10. With the exception of that first drive from Exeter, not a whole lot happening since. This one going to Pashley, he's inside his own 10. Now cutting back up between the hash marks, breaks one tackle. Now finally brought down from behind. He'll be close to the 35-yard line. We'll see where they spot it, and we're going to have a little extracurricular activity here pointed out by the home fans. Doesn't look like there's anything to come of it. Yeah, it was a little brouhaha, and I think it was a little bit more than what everybody made it seem like. Uh, one of those when you're getting up, and yes, you might be a little more forceful as you're getting up, but... I think it might have been a little bit of an acting job there as well, and the Barons head coach giving an earful to the side judge, thinking that a penalty should have been thrown. No Oscars awarded here tonight. It'll be first down for the Eagles. Rotelli needs to just fall on top of it as he's unable to get a handle on the snap, and goodness, he is dropped immediately by Kalen Watt, a 5'10", 190 linebacker coming off that left edge and making him pay. And Ritelli might have to walk this one off. He didn't get the snap cleanly. The ball hits the ground, and by the time he picks it up, the defender all over him. He didn't get a huge shot, but it was enough to bother him. And it looks like Rotelli's going straight to the sideline. Yeah, head coach Matt Bauer is going to take a timeout. Rotelli, he took a pop there, and whether this is intended for him to go see the medical tent or not, he might have to sit the next play out here. Matt Bauer taking a timeout, so will we. 17-7, Barons on top with 5.38 remaining here in the second quarter. More to come for the Eagles when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. It'll be Schlaffer. 
Well, we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> but Joey Schlaufer, who Mason Rotelli beat out for the quarterback position to start the season, now will move inside. Almost a little wildcat formation here as he goes off the left edge, and he's across the 40. He's across midfield, 40. 35, 30, cuts across again. Now he's inside the hash marks. 20, 15, 10, 5, diving across, loses the football. Touchdown. He's in for the score. Wow. There you go. Your starting QB goes out. Joey Schlaufer takes it around left end, outraces everybody, stretches it at the far end to the goal line, and Exeter is back in it. I should have just let you call it. You're better at that than I am. I uh, almost <laughs> missed that. <laughs> Man, well, good thing we didn't go to break, Jerry. We have talked about if when you're behind, what do you do? You go to the guy that you know can get you where you need to be. You go to the guy that James Franklin recruited up here at Penn State. And Joey Schlaffer, just like that, has Exeter back into it. And when it comes down to it, you put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and let them go to work. And that time, Joey Schlaffer doing just that. 17 to 13. Sorry, make that 17 14 with 519 left here in the first half. Thanks, Darren, for giving me some touchdowns to call. More to come here on the Exeter Sports Network. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perkyoman Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. Well, after allowing a 73-yard punt return to the Barons that put them up by 10, Exeter answering back in just two plays, one of them a fumble recovery <laughs> by Mason Rotelli that he ended up getting pulled from the game. Enter Joey Schlaufer, and 65 yards later, it's back to being a three-point football game. Absolutely unbelievable. The Barons seem to have all the momentum. Rotelli goes out of the game. And Joey Schlaffer changes everything. Skipper, the kicker, getting it to the 30-yard line, and they're going to say that he gave himself up. Knee was down. So I believe that was number 11, Alex Hetrick, fielding the football that time. And the Barons will start on their own 30-yard line, which is refreshing. And here's where the defense will have to reassert themselves. They came out strong, but then the Barons were able to run the football Pretty much, though, not necessarily running it. It was through the air that they were able to move down the field, get that touchdown. They'll have to close that up. Well, and they were able to stop Armold on their last time around. We'll see what they do here, and it certainly looks about the same as he bowls over. He goes, runs about 20 yards to get one, maybe, as he goes immediately into his own bench here on the far sideline. Gavin Reiking, a great job coming up from his cornerback position to force him outside. And then you had Nigel Meekins, who met him, drives him out of bounds, no gains, second and 10. Armold's ninth touch, and let me tell you, after going five touches for 53 yards, since then, he has run for a whopping negative two yards on four carries. 
Exeter tightening up that defense. This time they'll throw at Hahn, throwing out into the left flat here. Around the 40, throws it wide of enter line. It'll bring up third down. Nice job, Miles Brandt, the linebacker, coming on a delayed blitz, able to get a hand up, ultimately forcing Hahn to throw it too far to the outside to enter line. It's third and long. Hahn now four of eight for 43 yards and a score. Third and 10. Clock stopped with 5.04 left here in the first half. Hahn in the gun. Two wide receivers split to his white, right, one to the left. He steps back, flushed out of the pocket, and he's going to be corralled by Miles Brandt, drugged down inside the 20-yard line. Sorry, not Miles Brandt. Jonathan Martin. You got it. <laughs> there we go. All over him, Jonathan Martin. Coming off the left end, he, Zach Hahn had a little bit of time to throw, but Martin got there, forced him out of the pocket, ends up taking him down, and they'll have to punt. It'll be a loss of 10. Hahn will stay in the game to likely punt it away here. On their own 20-yard line. Nathan Pashley standing back at his 50. Well, either way, Exeter going to get good field position here. That one through to Han. Han's boot is away. It's a sky-high kick. It's going to be fielded by Pashley inside the 45. Around the 43, and that's where Exeter will take over. So a fair catch called by Pashley. Wanting nothing to do with it, just taking the excellent field position. The mood of this game, Joey Schlopper changed it. Wow. The fans were into it. The sideline for the Barons were into it. And all of a sudden... 17-14, and it just sucked the wind out of him. Mason Rotelli back into the game. So, thankfully, the Joey Schlaffer showing here at, uh, and we're going to have a holding penalty called on the return. It'll go against Exeter. They'll back him the, up. Didn't even see the flag. Yeah, they threw it back here at the 45, one of those behind-the-play deals. So never mind, they'll start at their own 34-yard line. 33, sorry. So, yeah, uh, you guys, it did get quiet in here. I mean, the loudest and voices at the moment that should be are WEEU. Well, that should be first and 10. They threw up first <laughs> and 20 on the scoreboard, and I think that's wishful thinking. Handoff right up the gut. Going to his main man, Richie Karstein. Karstein's been held in check here. After that first drive where he had 10 touches for 77 yards, since then he's run for two. This time he gets half the distance. You know Matt Bauer is going to basically tell his team, we're going to run the football. That's what they have been designed to do. It's how they're built leading up to this game all season long. So you can pretty much be assured that we're still going to see a lot of Richie Karstein. Karstein lined up. Two wide receivers wide to their left. This time, once again, having trouble holding on to the football, and we're going to have a false start called against Exeter regardless. So nearly lucking out on that one as Richie Karstein just had a fall on it. Mason Rutelli goes to his center just to, I'm not sure if they were on the same snap count. That's the maybe the third, fourth time tonight that we've seen high snaps or snaps that Rotelli hasn't been able to get a handle on. We've seen Exeter go through some stretches where they've had a challenge as far as getting the snap down, as far as a little high, and 
Ritelli can't necessarily bring it in cleanly. So hopefully that's not an issue tonight. Hasn't been every week. We saw it, I think it was, was it the West York game that almost had a little bit of the uh, the case of the yips here. Yeah, it's been sporadic. It hasn't been continual, but uh, we certainly don't want to see it rear its ugly head. Once again, same formation. Rotelli flushed out of the pocket again. He's across the 35, and he's going to get spun down and around around the 36, 37-yard line. So gain of about four for Rotelli. It'll bring up third down. Yeah, he's looking down the middle of the field for genuine Stutzman. There was nothing there. There were a lot of defenders in the area, so he decides to bring it down, run it forward. It'll bring up third and about six. It's a still manageable situation here. You're still on your side of the field. Don't be surprised. We just see we saw them last week throwing that flare pass out to Richie Karstein in the flat, so don't be surprised if you get a nice, easy pitch and catch there that you throw it out to Karstein. But on the other hand, you also have Joey Schlaffer lined up one-on-one. -on -one. Looks like he may have some safety help on that side. This time, Rotelli looking to his right, escapes the pocket again, and he's not going to lose yardage. He'll get out of the sack situation, but a gain of one is not going to do it. It'll bring up fourth and five. Yeah, it looks like he's looking towards the right, either Carter Redding or Zach Zandier. There was nothing there. He pulls it down, able to get a yard, but a trio of Barron's defenders take him down. It's fourth down. So punt formation here for the Eagles. That'll bring out Nathan Pashley. Yancey Turner in on the stop for the Barons. Clock ticking down. It'll be close to two minutes by the time they finally get it away. Snap is out to Pashley. Pashley, a line drive kick, bounces shy of the 35, fielded at the 25. One man miss. Now coming to the left-hand side again. He's got some room. He has some blockers across the 50, the 40, and finally run out of bounds as he met Joey Schlaffer and wanted no parts of it. And ended I up was, running into his own bench. And I was looking for the flag because I probably saw two holds at about the 30-yard line that let him get to the outside, but no flag to be seen. Well, hey, you could have holding on every play in football. Yes, I've you heard can. that once or twice from you, John Madden and the likes. But That's right. It will be first down for the Barons. The recipient of some excellent field position, thanks to some spectacular special teams work as Enterline is having a night for Mannheim Central. Han in the gun. He's got five receivers to choose from. He instead goes out into the flat, and he will find Watson out there on the left-hand side, outside the numbers. It'll be second down. Zach Hahn just taking a two-step drop, firing it to the left flat. Like you mentioned, Watson there just picking up some yardage, six and second and four. Easy does it, makes it super easy to just hand off to Armold here. But once again, three wide receivers out to his right-hand side, two to his left, fires it, hits his wide receiver, thrown low and where only he could catch it. And it looks like that was to Sonny Callahan, a 5'6'' junior. And they are in hurry-up offense mode here. They will flip sides of the field as three wide receivers now to the left. Han looking left, fires across the middle, knocked down. Anthony Cachese gets a paw and a flag comes up, and it's going to be a hold against the Barons. A very emphatic hold there by 
<laughs> Referee Dave Anderson immediately didn't even need to consult anyone. He saw that one with his own peepers. And usually when it's emphatic like that, somebody's already trying to convince you that it wasn't them, and you being the official are going to say, oh, yes, it was, and you mark it off. So a little less emphatic on this one now. Do you and think a football official takes exception to peepers? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that one he had found Sonny Callahan. It was, once again, a fantastic throw by Han. But continue, sorry. No, the key to this is it's a spot foul, so it actually becomes first and beyond 20. First and 24. As Han, this time, a quarterback keeper. And that was an interesting play call as he gets back to, well, he's going to lose a yard. How about that? Interesting play call. Interesting choice. I don't know if they thought that they might keep catch the uh, Eagles napping here as they've continued to run the hurry-up offense, running with five wide receivers out there. That time they lined up in the bunch formation and like on the you left side. Like you said in pregame, Zach Hahn only running the ball seven times all year, so kind of odd Not to often. see that kind of jagged QB draw to the right. And I have to imagine a lot of those were sacks. This time Hahn backing up to his own 45, slinging it out. It's going to be caught. Seipel has it, but it's a relatively short game. And a timeout taken here by the Barons with 48 seconds left. So going from their own 36 to the 32, just a gain of four for Seipel in his first. So with 48 seconds left and the Barons on the move, it'll be, well, hopefully close to extra football here when we return. 17-14, Barron's on top when we come back on the Exeter Sports Network. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Back here in Mannheim, Han drops, drops back on third and 21. He's flushed front of the pocket by Kyle Lash. Has to throw it, and it's out of reach of his wide receiver. Tossed out of bounds. Well done by the Eagles, flushing him out, making him work for it. And this time, fourth down and 21 on the 32. I'll tell you what, had he decided to kind of take that and run, I'm not so sure he would have gotten the first down, but he would have put him in field goal range. Maybe field goal range, or at least made it fourth and manageable, but instead now needing to work from 21 yards away from the line of gain with 41 seconds left. And once again, going trips formation, man in motion is Seipel. This time, drops back. Kyle Lash is going to make him pay for it. Drops him at the 40-yard line. Exeter will get the football back here with decent field position, but that's all Kyle Lash. Kyle Lash's seventh sack on the year. Fires through, takes him down, and... Talk about a momentum shift. They have an opportunity to take it in after that big play down to the 20, and the defense comes up big, of course, with that penalty. 
And Exeter's got a shot to get some points before the end of the half. Nice way to bookend the season here, at least the regular season. We've seen this before. We've seen how this played out. It was against Daniel Boone in that first game that he thought, all right, Exeter's probably not getting the ball back. They did, and they chucked it down the field. This time Rotelli drops, and he's going to get across to about the 45-yard line. He's going to need to force Matt Bauer to take a timeout. Gain of about two. Bring up second and eight. And stops the clock with 26 seconds. That was interesting. He, he dropped back to pass. It looked like he gave up on the pass pretty quickly instead of maybe letting a route develop on the left-hand side. I guess he didn't feel as if if they had cover two up top, but decided to pull it down fairly quickly, gets two, and Exeter calls the timeout. Rotelli now. That's the a handful of times we've seen him escape the pocket, not necessarily getting flushed out, but needing to step up and just taking what space is given to him. That time just a whopping six feet. So if Rotelli lined up on his uh, own 42 and fell forward head first, he would have gotten about the same amount of yardage. I was watching Matthew Skipper in warm-ups. He was hitting him from about 40 yards, so it'll be interesting to see where his line of scrimmage is to give about, him a shot. It's about the 23 is the answer to that one is Rotelli in the gun. Has a little bit of extra help from Karstein. He's going to chuck it long. He has a man, and it's intercepted. Wow. He had Schlaffer running the post route, and that one picked off an athletic play from who else? Aaron Enterline. Aaron Enterline, even in the pregame warm-ups, you can see the talent that he has. Just very fluid, very smooth out there. Ran right with Joey Schlaffer. It was a little bit as far as underthrown, maybe a little bit out further. He gives him a shot. But needless to say, a very athletic play, and he picks it off. Against any other team in Lancaster-Lebanon League, that's probably a touchdown. Against Mannheim Central, intercepted. And again, you're not going against many six-foot-two cornerbacks every day either. Bryson Armold getting it out. Across the 20-yard line, a gain of about four or so, and that will take us to halftime. The first halftime deficit that Exeter has faced this year as they trail by three, 17-14, after two quarters of play. So we will recap the first half and take a look around the Lancaster Lebanon League when we return. Jerry, it's the wrong month for this song, by the way. It's October, but enjoy Earth, Wind, and Fire on the way out here. More to come when we return on the Exeter Sports Network.
Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. Ole Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food, supplies, and so much more. Featuring all of the prime brands and your pet's favorite food, they also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products, plus chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks. Ole Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All this in unmatched customer service. That's Ole Valley Feed, 143 Cleaver Road in Ole. On the web at Ole Valley Feed. And on Facebook. Getting to know Jim Oswald for Pennsylvania House. Jim is a 20-year Navy veteran and business owner. Jim believes in the elimination of property taxes and fair and equitable funding for all schools. He wants to protect girls' sports and scholarships from unfair competition. He'll work to eliminate pensions for politicians. Jim wants to provide proper funding for fire departments and will work with federal officials to get more funding for EMS through Medicare. On November 8th, your choice for the PA House in the 126th District is Jim Oswald. Paid for by friends of James Oswald. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Sneaker Villa in the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perky Omen Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. We are back at Mannheim. Halftime score, the Barons 17, the Eagles 14. Interesting start to tonight's game. Exeter 
took control on the their opening possession. They forced the Barons, uh, aided by a penalty, to go three and out, and ultimately then take a drive, culminating in the nine-yard run for Richie Carstein. So touchdown Exeter. It's seven nothing, and Ryan. It looked like at that point, Exeter had all the momentum. Richie Karstein on that drive, 10 touches, 77 yards. Seemed unstoppable at that point. Little did we know, not the case. That's exactly right. Oh, you can keep going. Oh, Sorry. all right. Okay. I'm well, catching I'll... my breath from walking <laughs> up the stairs and standing in line for the men's restroom. Yeah, there, there's nothing better when you're just kind of looking at each other like, okay, who wants to take it? You want to take it? I'll take no, it. No, you can keep going. You, you, all right. you had it. So then ultimately the Barons take a drive. They have fourth and short, and you and I looked at each other figuring that they've got Armold in the backfield, that they're going to power it through for the first down, maybe even the touchdown. They're inside the five. They elect to go for the field goal, and we're looking at each other. Okay, it looks like the Barons are willing to make this a, a small ball score at 7-3, puts it through the uprights, and that was the beginning of a little bit of momentum shift, oddly enough. Yeah, I mean, you take points where you can get them, especially if you're at home, but like I said, surprising. You're literally two yards away from a first down, three yards away from a touchdown, and you elect not to put the ball in your playmaker's hands to try to make that happen. So it's a 17-14 game. Obviously, those three points are looming large now. Have they been stopped? Yeah, we might have a tie game. Might have changed direction of this game a little bit as well, but we'll see. If coming down the stretch, if those three points matter, they very well could uh, as we come down the home stretch here in the second half. Coming into the game, the Barons wide receiver Aaron Enterline had 27 catches on the year. He was averaging 88 yards a game, 10 TDs, and Ryan, he played a factor, a big factor in that first half with Zach Hahn rolling to his right, looked like nothing was there, and he's able to find him in the back right of the end zone, and ultimately that puts him up at the time 10-7. Fourth down and forever. I think it was fourth and 21 that they were working with. Rolls out to his right. Listen, credit to Zach Hahn. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's legitimately the best quarterback that we've seen this entire year. Certainly the best arm that we've seen this entire year. He had some zip on that. And there are some pro quarterbacks that would have trouble trying to throw that to the back corner of the end zone. He did it with relative ease as he didn't have much space to fit it in there to enter line. Credit to him. He's having the absolute game of his life right now. Six foot two junior wide receiver. He's pretty much doing it all, and we'll touch on some more stuff that he did. So at that point, it's 10-7. A couple uh, possessions back and forth where the Barons were really dominating on offense. They were pushing Exeter back. Exeter not able to get any offensive power going, any, any offensive output. Ultimately have to kick it away in a possession, and it's taken back by who else? Enterline for the TD. 73 yards to the house and that time again. We talked about uh, some of the maybe some of the problem areas not necessarily problems. Problems against lesser opponents but areas that we might have picked out that sometimes yeah, Hempfield tried to do it through the air against them that they practically decided we're not going to run the football. We're going to test their secondary. Put up almost 300 yards passing on virtually every single offensive possession that they had. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure Mannheim Central looked at that and said, okay, 
maybe this is something that we can pick up on. Now, they haven't done much. They haven't tossed the ball down the field all that much. Hans' completions haven't gone for an awful lot. You know, the 20, 21-yarder uh, to enter line is the longest so far. Um, but, you know, it's, man, I'm just stunned at the, the game that we're watching because it really is a good one. It's everything that once we said, you know, very early on in the season that, hey, circle this date, it's, it's hard to argue. But, again, going back, you talk about some of the things that might come up against better opponents. Special teams was one of them. As that time, they were unable to, uh, you know, contain enter line. Takes it down the left sideline to the house. So at that point, everything seemingly going against Exeter there. Next possession. Ultimately, they're on their own 30-35. Mason Rotelli can't get the snap. It hits the ground, literally picks it up, tries to go. It didn't look like he was hit that hard, but certainly it probably the angle and what have you. He's injured. He goes off for a play. And so what do you do at that point? We talked about it. You bring on your best player. You bring on the James Franklin commit, and he changes the ball game. You bring in your star six-foot-six tight end, Joey Schlaffer, beat out in the preseason by Mason Rutelli to be the first-string quarterback. Obviously, we're seeing the pay dividends. Uh, it was the right decision as we sit here at 9-0. But regardless, Schlaffer comes in. A little bit of wildcat trickery there, but he just takes it off that left-hand side, 65 yards, makes a handful of guys miss, dives out, needed all of that six-foot-six frame to reach across the goal line, and six points on the board for Exeter. He's done that a couple times. Just a few. You know, and you're right. It's it's nice when you have that six-foot-six frame and you can reach out from, like, the three-yard line and be able to slam the yeah, ball on like the Michael goal Jordan line. it's like Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam, just <laughs> reaching out. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like. That's yeah, exactly but, right. You know, once again, you, you've struggled to that point. Your last couple of possessions didn't turn out the way that you thought. You put that ball in the hands of your playmakers, and we've seen head coach Matt Bauer do that time and time again. He does it in the red zone a lot, and this time after a handful of possessions where you're really not getting much going, he decides, all right, let's get the ball to Joey Schlaffer. Let's let him feast on this Mannheim Central defense. And feast he did to the tune of 65 yards. We are winding down here at halftime while Jerry frantically scribbles down halftime scores. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll hey, how's be right the Cedar back. Bowl, Jerry? Oh, there you go. How's the Cedar Bowl, Jerry? You will actually find out. All right. We will be back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. 2255. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of EXP Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. 
Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. While we're waiting for the teams to get back on the field for the start of the third, here are second quarter scores. Mannheim Township 7, Wilson nothing. Hemfield 26, Redding nothing. Conestoga Valley 21, Muhlenberg nothing. Daniel Boone 35, Fleetwood nothing. And here's Ryan with the rest of them. Looks like Burke's Catholic over top of the Elko Raiders, 28-14 at the half. Cacalico leading Conrad Weiser in a stunner, 49 to nothing at the break. Lancaster Catholic, wow, having some problems with these Schuylkill Valley Panthers. Schuylkill Valley fighting for their lives right now, trying to get into the district playoffs. They're on the outside looking in, need a big win, need a little bit of help. And right now they're down just eight points to the Crusaders of Lancaster Catholic at the break. Twin Valley over top of Hatboro as Twin Valley marches towards the district playoffs. Boyertown over top of Upper Perk, 35 to 10. And finally, the Cedar Bowl results as everyone has been anxiously awaiting. Cedar Crest leading the Lebanon Cedars 21-0. Everybody with bated breath (laughs) hinging on your every word. If I was on assignment, that would have been my assignment game. Thankfully, not on assignment tonight. (laughs) This is, uh, listen, we circled this game on our schedule. Once we finally got started and we're like, all right, let's take a look at the schedules. Let's see what Mannheim's doing once they got out. And they had some tough games at the start. They, you know, needed to to fight through Cacalico a bit. Uh, They traveled on the road to New Jersey, ended up winning 44-43. The double OT game, yeah. Certainly. You know, once they got past that, you look at their schedule and you said, all right, there's nobody that's going to be Mannheim Central the rest of the way. You look at the Exeter schedule and you said, all right, there's nobody that's going to beat Exeter the rest of the way. Hempfield was going to be their best test, and they ended up passing that one with flying colors. But, you know, so far you circled this game on the schedule, and feels like everybody in Lancaster County is out here tonight. All the sports writers are out here. You know, Bob McCool and WEU is in the room next door. They got their own, their own room. We have to basically huddle for warmth in the uh, press box, but GAL of course is here. Pat, uh, Pat Principe is here from WGAL. Mike mm-hmm. Drago is here. Paul Roberts is here. You know, it's a it's a who's who of Burke's high school sports right now, all out here at Mannheim Central. So Ryan, you are Coach Matt Bauer. We're going to put you in the coach's seat. You go to halftime. What do you tell your team? I mean, you're right in this. You're down by three. It's practically a nothing-nothing game at this point. So you don't need to feel stressed. You don't need to go in there and feel like you need to throw the ball every single down. You're down by three. You go in, you run your regular offense, you get back into your rhythm. And they did that on the first offensive possession where they went down and scored. Like I said, you rode Richie Karstein to the tune of 77 yards, plunged it in from six yards out. I would imagine that they're going to try to do, try to do the same. But don't be surprised. They take a shot. We've seen that before, too. But they try to maybe get a little bit of juice behind them, hand off to Karstein, and then do a little fake, toss it up to your big tight ends. Either Zandir is averaging 23 yards a catch. Joey Schlaffer 
He's averaging 19. I might have conflated the two of those. Either way, close to 20. Uh, so don't be surprised if we see that either. But, you know, certainly you want to get your team back into a rhythm. You want to see your team get back into, uh, you know, have some type of momentum going again. And, you know, I think that he probably dumbs it down a little bit and really tries to get the ball to his playmakers. It's really as simple as that. We'll see if the defense can reassert themselves. They've got 63 quarterback hurries on the year. Joey Reedy, 12. The Big Cheese, Anthony Cachese, has 11. Jonathan Martin, 9. Kyle Ash, 8. So they were they were able to run the football again pass, but we'll see if that front, uh, the defensive front, can get some pressure on Zach Hahn, get that ball out a little sooner, and get some pressure on him. We have seen it. They've done good on Armold, especially towards the end. Like I said, his first five touches went for 53 yards, including a 30-yard scamper. His next four touches went for negative two yards. So they've clamped down. They've sacked Han twice. They've flushed him out of the pocket. He even did well on that fourth down. Like I said, an excellent throw from Han to the back corner of the end zone. You can't take anything away from that. But we'll see what the second half brings here as the kickoff is away. Nathan Pashley takes it on the 8. He's got the 25. He's bouncing this? it outside to the 30. He's got the 40. Pushed out of bounds at the 50-yard line, and that's where Exeter will take over. Nathan Pashley getting the second half. Started off on the right foot for Exeter. You need some momentum? There's a freaking injection of it right there as Exeter going to have excellent field position. They will get into Barron territory. Is pushed out at the Barron 49. A 43-yard return. And Exeter has it first and 10 on the Barron 49. Ritelli will be in the gun. Karstein will be to his left. Well, we'll see here. He has Joey Schlaffer down here matched up on an island. So they decide to move the ball back a <laughs> yard. So make that a 42-yard return. Eh, ridiculous. Yeah. Joey Schlaffer split wide on the right. Carter Redding on the left. Here's the snap. It goes to Karstein. He's running off the right side. He'll get down to about the 46-yard line. Call it a gain of four. It'll be second and six. Well, trying to get Karstein going again. This is how he started the first half with a gain of four. We'll see if history can kind of repeat itself if time's a flat circle. But, again, you'll probably see a heavy dose of him. You've rode the Richie Karstein horse for the first nine games. No reason to change it now. He's the type of back that is going to wear down a defense. And the longer that he gets into a game, as once again, they'll throw it outside here. Zach Zandier breaking a tackle, diving across the 40. He'll get close to a first down. They'll give him the 39 him the and indeed a first down for Exeter. Nice job, Zach Zandier. Sorry, eventually I'll stop talking and let you call. It's all good. That time just throwing it out. Once again, just the crossing pattern to Zandier and needs to adjust his shoe. That's taking a page out of the Zach Hahn book. It's one of those a little more east and west instead of throwing it down the field. But again, you're looking at a 6'5 guy in Zach Zandier. He stretches it out, first down Exeter. So first and 10 on the 39. Ritelli in the gun, he's got the snap. It's a handoff to Karstein running left. Just as he gets to the 37-yard line, he's hit hard, driven back. So give him a gain of two. It'll be second and long. Yeah, just a little trap play there going off left guard and really just nothing there. You have the, the guard and tackle bunched together right next to each other. He bounces off of them. 
really no lane to cut back into up the gut and stop for a gain of short. And the Barons have some size up front, 5'10", 258, 5'10", 221, and the big boys 6'2", 240. So they've got some big boys on that defensive line. Here's the snap. It goes to Karstein. He cuts back to the left. He's got room. The 25 down to the 20. He's knocked out of bounds. Perfect run came through the line, bounces it outside. They take him to the 20. It's a 17-yard run for Richie Karstein, an Xer in the red zone at the 20. Well, that'll put him up over triple digits on the ground. But again, that time, much simpler run for him. That time he's just able to bounce it to the outside, and the only person that he has to beat is Schlaffer out there uh, working once again against Enterline and just ends up running right into him out of bounds. Rotelli takes the snap, hands it to Karstein. He's running right up the middle. He's got room. He'll get inside the 15 to the 14. It'll be a gain of six, second and four. Again, just going right back to what works, and that was Richie Karstein. Saw that first drive, 10 touches. Nobody's reporting Matt Bauer for child abuse yet, as that's his 18th rush of the, of the evening. And in Houston, one half inning of play, the Phillies scoreless, the Astros coming to bat. So right, Exeter... Still my favorite John Troxel moment down at FNM is making sure that he wouldn't get reported for child abuse if he uh, let his 19-year-old running back, you know, carry it 50 times in a game. <laughs> Exeter breaks the huddle. Mason Ritelli will be in the gun. Miles Brandt will be sidecar left. Karstein behind him. Here's the snap. It goes to Karstein. He puts his head down trying to get a couple yards. Maybe they give him one. It'll bring up third and short. Once again, not a great snap to Rotelli. He has to force that one in, and rather than following his lead blocker, he goes off the right side and just absolutely nowhere for Karstein to go. You're right. It looked like that was designed to go left, and he slides a little to the right. Not a whole lot there. Brings up a big third down. Third and three, certainly still running distance. They keep Brant in the game as a fullback. Here's the snap. Karstein has it. He's running right. There's room. It's a first down. He gets across the 10. They'll mark him at the 9, and it'll be first and goal for Exeter. Karstein's 20th touch of the evening, a buck 18 on the ground. And just that slow, methodical getting them back into their rhythm. Now, didn't necessarily take a shot like I thought they might, but now you're at first and goal. Don't be surprised if you're looking for Joey Schlaffer to bring you home here. It could be Joey Schlafferland. Throw it up for him, but he does have Enterline on top of him, who's proven to be an athletic force he out no there. He no longer has a foot differential between him and the cornerback. So here is Mason Ritelli. It's a draw play up the middle, still on his feet inside the five. They'll take him down to the two, and it'll be second and goal. Rotelli, that time a planned keeper, now up to 30 yards on the ground on his ninth carry. We're inside eight minutes to go here in the third. Exeter huddling up, but just like they did on that first drive, very, just you mentioned it, very slow, very methodical, eating up some of that clock and looking to punch it across and take the lead. Rotelli in the gun. Miles Brandt aside of him, Karstein behind him. Karstein gets it running left. A lot of room, touchdown Exeter off the left side. 
Nobody's going to stop him that time. And Exeter takes the lead. Head coach Matt Power dumbing down the offense again. Once again, just saying our offensive line is better than your defensive line. No frills. You throw the fullback in there. You tell Richie Karstein, don't worry about cutting anything. You just file Miles Brandt into the end zone, and that time three yards out. And we were looking at Exeter back on top. Matthew Skipper walking off his kick. Carter Redding will be putting it down. There's the snap. It's down. His foot's through it. And it is good. 7.25 to go here in the third. It's the Eagles 21. The Barons 17. We'll be back. This is the Exeter Sports Network. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. This is the Exeter Sports Network. We are back at Mannheim. Matthew Skipper waiting to get the ball from the official. He's got it, putting it on the tee. So that drive, seven carries, 37 yards for Richie Karstein, punching it in from just three yards out. Seven-yard pass to Zandir and then Rotelli running the other seven for the 50 yards they needed. Here's the kickoff. It's a squib, goes down inside the 15, picked up. He's got the 20, the 25. Jonathan Martin taking him down with an assist. The assist going to, and of course, I don't have number 66 on my list. So anyway, that's well, who that. it was. Did you got that one? Nope. Okay. So needless to say, Exeter using the huge 42-yard kickoff return from Nathan Pashley, setting him up at the 50 for the go-ahead touchdown. So the Barons come out. Hahn's going to be in the gun. Armold behind him. Two receivers left. And there's going to be a jump on the offensive line. This is going to be five yards against the Barons and first and long. Well, we'll see. Got both sides pointing at each other. No surprise. I saw the right side of Exeter jump. However... Oh, and they're going to actually call it. They all pointed toward the left guard of the Barons. But calling it against Exeter. So five yards, it'll make it first and five. Ball marked at the 31-yard line. Hahn in the gun. He's got Armold behind him. Two receivers left. There's the snap. Armold gets it. He's running left. Running hard. Gets the 35 See where they give him. Looks to be about the 38. 38-yard line. Yep, 38. you are right. The 38. That's enough for a first down. And the Barons' drive continues. Getting a full head of steam that time. He was at almost 
uh, full sprint by the time that he got that football in the backfield and just using that momentum to carry him forward across for the first down. The Barons using the same fullback set, having him follow the lead blocker. Han in the gun, two receivers left. Gives it to Arnold, who's running left. He gets the 40, barely to the 45. That's where they'll give him. It's a gain of seven. Call it second and three. Well, that time, Jonathan Martin sealed off that left edge, and Gavin Reiking needing to come up, and he ended up cut, forcing him to cut back inside and ended up making the tackle on Armold himself, but not until he gets seven yards. Hunt in the gun, Armold behind him. He's got sidecar left. Now they shift. They've got power right, two receivers right. Here's the snap. He's going straight up the gut, Armold is. Bring him out to the 49-yard line. It'll be a gain of four. Oh, wait a minute. Let me back up. That's actually going to make it a first down for the Barons. That'll do it. At the 49. 12 carries, 69 yards. Those pesky penalties. That'll do it. So the Barons come out. Han in the gun. The handoff again going right to Armold. He's really running hard. Gets to the Eagles 45. It'll be a gain of six. Second and four. Armold coming out with a vengeance. Running downhill from the get-go. I tell you, it's tough to run over Miles Brandt, who stands six foot 200. He's pretty sturdy. And that time, Armold just throwing a shoulder into him, getting down to the 45. The Barons break the huddle. Armold in the gun again. He's got sidecar right on the fullback. Armold behind him, two receivers right. The snap. Armold gets it again, running right, but not a whole lot there. Joey Reedy drags him from behind. He'll get a yard, and that'll bring up third and short. That time, Exeter keying in on the run. No passing attempts here so far for Zach Hahn on their first offensive possession of the second half. Third and three. And we'll see. That's where they may be baiting Exeter a little bit, try to draw that extra guy in the box and, and go up top, maybe to enter line or Bodie uh, Seipel or one of their other receivers. We'll see what happens. Now you're still in four-down territory here at third and short, so why not? Hans in the gun, fakes the handoff, drops back, oh, throws it up top. He's There's a wide. Oh, oh, and he dropped no. it. The receiver wide open at the 20-yard line, number 88. It's Brandon Ginder, a 6'1", 172-pound sophomore. And Han put that right on his hands, and that was a Mike Evans-esque drop where it he would have had six running to the corner. Oh, boy. He's going to be thinking about that one the rest of the night and probably a little bit longer. Probably so. Yeah, he was off to the race as if he caught that one. He was five yards clear of anybody else. So Han's in the gun. There's the snap, and it's a quick kick. He pooches it. It's going to bounce inside oh, the 10-yard line. How about this? Down to the four, maybe and, the three. And that's where Wow. the Barons will down it. Exer will take over. Yeah, they lined up, but there is a flag there on the a, far side of the field. There's a flag. You can't help but think that it's probably a hold, and it is. And, well, I guess you just mark off half the distance there from the three. That's right. You're at the one-and-a-half-yard line. Hey, Richie Karstein, what are you up to? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you go with what got you here. You're in your the shadow of your own goal line. 
So at that point, or your own goal posts, I suppose the phrase is, and give it to Richie Karstein. Throwing Miles Brandt, yeah, looks like Brandt's coming in at fullback, so no frills here. Just get it out from getting your back off your own uh, goal line. Coach Bauer talks to your offensive line and says, okay, you got us here. Yeah. Let's take it home. Time for some wins. So Exeter gets the ball just beyond the one. Ritelli in the gun. Karstein behind him. There's the snap. Karstein has it running left. Spins out of a tackle. Tries to get to the five. That's, that looks like where they'll give it to him. Call it a gain of three. It'll be second and seven. I'm pretty sure everybody in this building knew who was getting the football on that play. And Karstein's still doing a good job. Spinning down, breaking a tackle, and at least giving some breathing room. A gain of two. We are inside of four minutes to go here in the third. Exeter breaks the huddle. Ritelli will be in the gun again. Single receivers left and right. Karstein sidecar left. Here's the snap. It's Karstein again. Not a whole lot there. He'll get across the five, maybe to the six. So call it a gain, maybe a gain of two. Looks like they'll give him the seven-yard line. It'll bring up third and long. And no frills here, just trying to get off your own end zone. Regardless, Karstein now up to a buck 25 on 23 touches here tonight. On third and five, wouldn't be surprised if they just hand it off to him again or maybe a little quarterback keeper to Rotelli. Rotelli in the gun, Karstein sidecar right, single receivers left right, fakes the handoff. He fires it downfield, but it's over the head of Joey Schlaffer on the near flat. So it'll be fourth down for Exeter. I mean, it was well covered by Enterline regardless. The ball was out a little bit late. Again, Schlaffer breaking towards the uh, the sideline here, but I'm not sure if that was even on the money if it would have been completed because Enterline was maybe a yard off of him at the time, and that quick closing speed wouldn't have been surprised if that would have been incomplete regardless of, of how good the uh, arm strength of Rotelli is. Yeah, really small window of opportunity there. So Pashley back to punt. He gets it away. It's a good kick. It comes down to the 43. Enterline has it. He's at the 30. Spins inside. Still, still on his feet. Gets wow. down to the 25-yard line, giving the Barons great field position. An 18-yard return for Enterline. He's he's really been the story tonight for the Barons. We'll see if he's okay. He's a little ginger getting up here. Might have landed hard on his back. Seems to be favoring things. Arms on his on his hips there. He won't be in for this first series. That may have been the result of the INT when they threw it deep because he was coming off a little ginger after getting that INT and landing hard on sure. his shoulder and his hip. All right. Oh, there should be a false start, and there's not. There it is. <laughs> what a late flag. I was looking for it here in the near side, and the far side judge threw it. Yeah, what a late flag. So five yards against the Barons. It'll take the ball back to the 30, make it first and 15. Yeah, it was their slot receiver jumping uh, ahead of the snap, and it'll walk him back five. I was waiting for it, though. It wasn't, wasn't coming, wasn't coming. It was a little finally, late. A little late. A little bit. So the Barons first and 15, ball on the 30. They break the huddle. They'll put two receivers to the right. It's an offset eye. Hans in the gun. Here's the snap. Armold has it. He's running right. 
He's got room. He'll get the 25. Get to the 20, excuse me, the 23-yard line. It'll bring up second and eight. Looks like Schlaffer in on the tackle there. Yeah, seven yards. Just once again, good hard-nosed running. Getting a full head of steam and running off right tackle. And that time getting half of what you needed. Got back all that you uh, you walked off there, plus a little bit more. Hunt will be in the gun. Sidecar left. Armold will be behind him. Two receivers left. There's the snap. Armold has it running right up the gut. Kyle Lash drills him immediately. It's going to be a loss of one. Call it third and nine. How about Kyle Lash? He's having a fantastic night to his own right. Another tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Has a sack to his credit. He's playing extraordinarily well off that defensive line and that time walking him back a yard. Talk about being shot out of a cannon, able to avoid the block, comes right up, drills Armold, puts the Barons in a tough situation here. Third and nine, ball at the 24-yard line. Han in the gun, two receivers left. There's the snap, fakes the handoff. He's looking, yeah, he, wants he fires again. it, comes to the near side. It's through Enterline's hands. It's incomplete, trying to catch it at about the 14-yard line. But it's not there. It'll be fourth down. I mean, Pashley was doing a fine job of covering that one. That one just zipping right through. As soon as that ball was snapped, I didn't even look at Han because I knew where he was going with the football. I was focused on that one. That one right through. A little case of butterfingers there by Enterline. One of the few mistakes that we've seen him make here tonight. Big defensive play for Exeter. It's fourth and nine ball on the 24. Han in the gun. Here's the snap. Fakes the handoff, drops straight back, rolling left, looking, looking, fires it deep to the end zone. Uh, wow. And incomplete. He's open for the touchdown. It's off his hands. And incomplete. Exeter takes over. Exeter got away with one there. Absolutely. That time they ended up just kind of swapping around. It's that little uh, that they're coming out into the flat and then going right up the sideline. Nigel Meekins got turned around in the end zone. He wasn't able to track that football at all. And maybe just a slightly better throw for Mahan. That's a touchdown and six on the board for the Barons. When I saw the ball in the air, I couldn't, I could barely see the receiver here around the booth. But so Exeter comes out. Here's a handoff to Karstein running left. He won't get to the 25. Well, I guess he will. So give him a yard. It'll be second and nine. Yeah, it's either Coopers or uh, Yancey Turner coming off his block, making the stop there. Under a minute to go here in the third. Exeter taking their time over the ball. You figure Ritelli is going to let the play clock drop a little bit. It's at 20 right now. But I guess not. There's the snap. He's dropping straight back. He's looking. He fires it over the middle. Joey, Joey Schlaffer has it inside the 45. And it'll be an Exeter first down all the way down to the 40. A perfect throw from Mason Ritelli. <laughs> and you can see the Barons realized what a mistake they made on that one because you had, you had Enterline out of the game for one of the first times against Joey Schlaffer. They've been going one-on-one -on -one all night, and this time they finally sub him out, put a backup on Joey Schlaffer. He just runs that little post route, and across the middle, I mean, it could have went to one of the two. Zandir and Schlaffer were both in the same area. 
one doesn't catch it, the other one sure is. I was a little concerned when I saw them both in the same area because you know what happens there. Oh, now you see Enterline back into the game. <laughs> so here is Richie Karstein running off right side, still plowing, still plowing. He'll get down to the 41-yard line. It'll be a gain of four. It'll make it second and six, and that will be the last play of the third quarter. We have played three complete. It's Exeter 21, Mannheim Central 17. We'll be back with the fourth quarter. After this break, you're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. New Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The New Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. So Exeter will start the fourth quarter, and we will send it over to Ryan. 21-17, Exeter on top. And we wondered how they would respond here in the second half, their first uh, deficit of the entire season, not just of the first half, of the entire season. They have not faced a deficit at all, and we wondered... All right, how's Matt Bauer going to come out? And, you know, I'm not Nostradamus or anything, but settle down the troops, run the football. And this time, Joey Schlaffer in the Wildcat. He's going to take it. Yeah, Karstein rolling around, and that ball ends up on the turf. And, well, it might actually help out <laughs> Exeter because it's going to get him close to a first down. That's right. Joey Schlaffer went up the middle, got hit, comes loose. Matthew McConnell... The 5'11", 250-pound junior, able to uh, fall on it and ultimately pushes it forward a few yards to third and one. They might be calling him down here. It'll, yeah, be third and one. So I guess no fumble on the play as the clock ticks inside. 12 minutes, Miles Brandt into the game. Karstein behind him. Schlaffer once again working in the gun. He'll follow Karstein. And, and he's struggling to get that first down. I think he's going to get it unless they blew it dead. I think it's going to be first down. We have the far sideline official saying one thing, the near sideline official saying that he was out at the 29, and they are going to mark it fourth down. They're going to say that his forward progress was stopped, even though he was spun down for a first. He was still fighting for it. I think had he turned that ball up behind Richie Karstein, he has the first down but he tried using Richie he did. as the blocker, and it ended up costing him. Oh, you know, two for the price of one. You could have followed Miles Brandt, but why not follow him and Karstein? As this time, Karstein bowls it across the 30. His forward momentum is enough this time. He gets two when you need one. It's a first down for Exeter. That's where you give the ball to Richie Karstein. Yeah, no nonsense. He just puts his head down, bowls into the line, keeps driving those legs, Crosses the 30. It's a first down, and the clock continues to run here in the fourth. The 26th touch of the football for Richie Karstein to the tune of 132 yards so far. So the clock is stopped as the officials confer here. 
It is a first down. Now you can wind that clock. Memories of Eric Nangle of a year ago where they gave him the football, the offensive line opened the holes, and he was the workhorse. Great to see Richie Karstein filling that hole this year. Bring up first down and 10. And <laughs> well, if that's not uh, encroachment, I'm not quite sure what is. As <laughs> fortunately, Exeter, yeah, there's encroachment. Mason Ritelli going with the hard count. The nose tackle just <laughs> knocks right <laughs> into the center, yeah. Matthew McConnell. And he, he kind of played it real neat. He just kind of rocked over on his back and made him let him make the call. Yeah, he played turtle there. Yes, he did. And, uh, you know, you pick up the five yards, say thank you very much. It's first and five. Clock continuing to run. Close to 10 minutes. Rotelli on the quarterback keeper out of the gun. Cuts up field. He's across the 20. Down close to the 15. Barons are trying to say that the ball is on the ground. And the official, the official indicating Exeter ball. Yeah, so referee for tonight, Dave Anderson, saying that that one hit the turf. It will be a first down. I'm glad that the referee made that call. The referee on the near side, I wasn't quite sure which <laughs> way he was going with the ball. I'm like, yeah, he's saying it's our ball. It's our ball. I mean, there's no possible way that he could see if that ball was on the turf or not. It's almost on the right hash mark. He's standing down here next to the Mannheim Central bench. That's the frightening I mean, piece. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good luck. First down and 10 on the 18-yard line. Gain a 6-4 Rotelli. Rotelli says, no, I want... Uh, Karstein on the left-hand side of me. Now he's going to try the hard count again, and this time flags fly from everywhere. And Well, the football gods giveth and they taketh away. This one will be coming back. Yeah, procedure call on X. Oh, they're actually going to call game. delay of game. Mm. It looked like somebody jumped in the middle of the field. Needless to say, it's five yards against Exeter. It'll make it first and 15. Either way, the football gods have spoken. That's right. And 21-17, Exeter on top here with 9.30 left to play here in the fourth. Once again, two wide receivers set. Handoff again to Karstein. Karstein runs right into the pile, not going to gain much, if anything. Yeah, taking a look, the Gains Barons one. really just locking up the box, putting the extra man there, saying if you're going to run Karstein, we're going to try and stop you, and that's what they did on that play. So gain of one, forward progress, giving him... A whopping three feet. Brings up second down and 14. They'll break the huddle here. Once again, similar formation. They're just going heavy with the tight ends. Zandir and Stutzman in the game on either end. Looking back and firing to the corner of the end zone, going one-on-one -on -one and trying to draw the flag was Carter Redding. No flag thrown. Well covered by the Barons. Offensive coordinator Gibbons talking to Mason Ritelli right now. I think he was telling him there was a receiver middle right that was open. Uh, didn't see him. Ultimately decided to try to take the shot to Redding in the far left corner. I think his mind was pretty much made up that time. Sonny Callahan well covered. And they'll bring up third down and 14. Rotelli drops back, looking right, firing into the corner, going one-on-one -on -one again, and it's intercepted again. Guess wow. who? Yeah, I don't even need to look in my stat sheet to figure out that enter line with his second interception of the game, and the second time that they tried going one-on-one -on -one with him and Schlaffer, and enter line 
now with as many catches as Joey Schlaffer today on the defensive side of the football. Rotelli tried to get it to Joey Schlaffer on the right side. It was underthrown. Ultimately, uh, Joey tried to go up and over to pull it in, but Enterline did a nice job bodying him up, taking the ball out of the air at a high point and giving the Barons the ball first and 10 on the 20. Well, it's tough. It, it, you always assume that you're going to have one-on-one -on -one coverage with Schlaffer. Schlaffer's going to come down with the football no matter who's guarding him. And that time, well, they haven't faced Enterline yet. A run off of the right side wrapped up behind the line maybe. Gavin Reiking doing a great job from his corner position, coming up and taking Armold's legs out after a short gain. Gain of two for Armold, his 17th carry of the evening. Still plenty of time here in the fourth. The clock running down, right around eight minutes to play. Exeter holding on to a four-point lead. This time handoff once again is to Armold, and Kyle Lash is there. Lash brings him down at the 26-yard line. It'll bring up third down. It's got to be pretty formidable. Armold takes the ball, and he's basically looking right down the barrel of Kyle Lash. Kyle Lash comes up, puts a shoulder into him, knocks him down. It's going to bring up third and about five. 88 yards on the ground for Armold, closing in on 100. Already almost 1,700 coming into tonight's game. The handoff is to him, trying to go off right side. And Gavin Reiking again. How about that? Reiking coming down, taking out the legs. He was joined by Jonathan Martin on the play. Gavin well Reiking, 5'8", 135. I've stopped making fun of his size you because know what? he plays so much bigger than Isn't that. Isn't that the truth? He plays like a, man, I'll tell you, a 215-pound <laughs> linebacker. Coming up, taking out Arnold's legs, bringing up fourth down, and they'll kick it away. Yeah, no choice here. On your own 26-yard line, Han will be forced to drop back and put it up with his boot. He's going to keep on rolling and finally puts it up. And a fair catch once again called for by Nathan Pashley. I hope his grandma's listening in. I hope and enjoying so. the call. And if she is, hello, Grandma. Barbara Sweeney. Barbara Sweeney. Hello, Barbara. She had only nice things to say about the broadcast, so we'll bring her up a second time. So we're looking 6.43 to go here in the fourth. Yeah, and this is going to be a heavy dose of Richie Carstein. Uh, this offensive line has a chance just to drive it all the way down the field and wear down that Barron's defense. We'll see what happens. I would expect Carstein to get carry number 28, 29, and 30. Maybe a throw in a quarterback keeper by Rotelli, but if Miles Brandt in at fullback, they're going to blitz up the gut, and wow, what a big hole for Richie Karstein. He's across midfield, down to the 45, first down, Exeter. 17 yards on the run, and let me tell you, there was a hole there on the left-hand side. He hit it going downhill, gets out in a hurry, and just like that, they're in Barron's territory. 28 carries, a buck 50 for Richie Karstein. He has come to play here tonight. And again, I talked about the playmakers of Exeter. How would they respond? They didn't really play last year. Karstein didn't see any time. Rotelli didn't really see any. You know, I mean, he certainly didn't throw the ball against Mannheim Central. How are the playmakers going to stack up? Richie Karstein came to play tonight. Once again, Brant in at fullback. 
Karstein in the backfield. He'll take the handoff from Rotelli. Once again, full head of steam. Gets down to maybe the 40-yard line. That'll be a gain of five. They keep that, uh, keep the chain gang moving. And that offensive line, Lucas, Palange, Kyle Lash. You've got Zach Zandier, Anthony Cachese, genuine Stutzman, Man. Matthew McConnell. They are opening up holes on that play. Richie Karstein wasn't hit till probably three yards beyond the line of scrimmage, and he barreled his head down for another two. Ticking time off that clock, now down to 5.30 remaining, second down and five. This time, Miles Brandt lined up to the right side of the formation. Karstein with the handoff, a flag thrown. Karstein's going to bounce off left tackle. I think this one's coming back. He's going to end up pretty darn close to the end zone, but I think this is pretty obvious that it's not going to stand. So forgive me if my call was not as excited as it should be for a darn 40-yard run. But it is coming back. They call illegal motion on the offense. And I'm, I'm thinking if the center moved the ball, because just watching the official and how he is responding. Yeah, that was an immediate flag almost. But not one apparently that will blow the play dead. I'm still uh, trying to figure that out here at the high school level. Or if it's a pre-snap penalty on the offense. Normally, you just blow it dead. You would think it's going to be dead, yeah. But march them back. Take away that five yards that they gained on first down. It'll make it second down and ten. This time, Brant to the left-hand side. We'll see if they follow him. This time, Brant comes across the formation, acts as a lead blocker. Karstein knocked off his feet. What a pop. And Guess who? Yeah, I don't even need to say his name because it's like... <laughs> I'll tell you. It's like Beetlejuice. Unreal. I'm afraid of what happens if I say it three times in a row. Aaron Enterline comes off his left cornerback position and puts a shot on Man. Richie Karstein. Not many people can actually stop him in his tracks, but Enterline had a head of steam, was able to get low on him, and kept him to a short gain. It's third and eight. Yeah, and usually Schlaffer will be able to take care of him, but... Third and nine, Rotelli fumbling the football, has to pick it up, and good Lord, he's going to get run all the way back. He throws it up in the air, and I think that they're going to spot his forward progress down at the 45. Rotelli just trying to, you know, will an incomplete pass out of that, and, well, they're not going to take it. It's going to be a sack, and it'll make it fourth down. The challenge again, he didn't get the snap cleanly. Get a clean snap. And at that point, the ball's on the turf. The Barons got a good rush, had to ultimately force Ritelli to pick it up and retreat. Fourth down. Yeah, curious what's going on there. Again, we saw it early on in the game. It's kind of quilled a little bit, but it's second time here in the second half that we've seen Rotelli struggle to get a hold on a snap. This long one is to Pashley. It's true. Good, Another good, good punt. kick. Punt by and Pashley. immediately drilled. Oh, the ball was the ball, ball loose? Is out. Oh, and they're going to oh, mark it down. Wow. Horrible call. Oh wow! Look at the Exeter staff here. Wow! Look at the team all over the top of that. So I, I don't know how you make that call. So the kick comes down and it's fielded. There is no. There's no fair, fair catch. catch because if there wasn't a if there was a fair catch. There would have been fair catch interference on that. That's right. He's hit immediately. The ball comes out. Gavin Reiking recovers it, and they give the ball to the Barons at the uh, over, even over the 21. He didn't even get to the 21. 
he was at the 19 or the 18-yard line when he was hit. Unbelievable. Oh, boy. 3.35 remaining here. Han finally lining back. He's going to throw one up and, well, don't be surprised. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. It's going to be pass interference. This is a horrible call. It's going to be horrible. pass interference. Aiming for Enterline. Somehow that ball hits Enterline square in the numbers anyway. And he's going to get Nigel. I think it's Nigel Meekins. Uh, actually, it's Nathan Pashley. Nathan Pashley. They'll get. What, but that's a horrible call. It's a hand. They're, they're both basically playing hand check all the way down. The ball comes down, like you said, hits enter line. He doesn't even make an effort to catch it. No. But well, they, they could be waving it off. Well, it's going to be a spot foul, yeah, so they're going to walk it off up yeah, there. Yeah, it's a spot yeah. foul. They're just yeah, walking yeah. it off. Got to remember in high school it's a spot foul. Yeah, it's only the, uh, the 15 yards. Right. Well, so two, first down. two questionable calls. I'm not understanding why that first punt was a fumble recovered by Exeter, and of I, course this play. I kind of get the second. Pashley doesn't really get his he's head not turned turning around. around. I know he's not looking for the football, and in that situation, you got to turn your head. Yeah, the handoff taken down by Jonathan Martin. Another flag thrown. And this should be a hold. Jonathan Martin all <laughs> over Arnold, and there you go. Zach Hahn takes the proverbial referee's hand to the Ooh. face mask as he's making the call. How about that? Dave Anderson nearly decapitating Zach Hahn. That's always in the NFL film's blooper reel. <laughs> uh, Hahn sneaking up on him. So that flag on the right-hand side, it was uh, Anthony Cachese was coming in. He got <laughs> held and literally just dragged to the turf. Uh, Hahn was nearly looking out of his ear hole at the end of that play. <laughs> First right. down and 26, so, you know, take whatever uh, goodwill you got from that pass interference. He's looking out that direction again, instead pulls it in, goes out to the left side. He's going to gain back some yardage. Reedy chases him out, and, ooh, he bowls over. He's yeah. like maybe a member of the coaching staff. And I think he tripped over the yard marker. I think so. Needless to say, Joey Reedy on the far side forces him out of bounds after a short gain. It's going to bring up second down at about 15. Han running for his life there will get up to the 31-yard line. Second down and 15 now. Man. 3-12 remaining. Have to think this is probably the final drive of the game if Mannheim Central can keep it rolling. They take the Arnold up the ticking. middle just to get a few yards. Still a long way to go, third and 12. Third and 12, get about three on the play. Under three minutes to go here in the fourth. Man, with that clock still continuing to run. And they're not in a hurry, they're not taking their time. Yeah, they're running back into the huddle. Two wide receivers split out wide to the right-hand side. I wonder Full where this in. one's going. Yep. That's certainly where he's going. Pashley needs to step up. No, it's Meekins making the tackle, and there's a first down. This time they go to Bodie Seipel over the middle. He gets just enough for the first down, and the Barron drive continues on their own 48. Looks to be about a gain of, oh, by my eyes, about 14. Man. Tough one to give up there. It'll be first and 10, but yeah, I talk about 
They can convert it. Might be the last drive. We're at 2.15. We'll see how this one ends. Handoff is to Armold. Armold across the 50, now getting drugged down and spun as a nice Lucas. tackle there by Polange. Yep, Lucas comes up from the linebacker spot. He gets about five yards. Lucas takes him down. Clock continues to run under two minutes. Second and five. Out to about 96 for Armold. Again, not necessarily no sense of urgency here, but the clock continuing to run. And they're not looking at a field goal. They need a touchdown. They need to get down the field. Hahn, looking back, throws a little out route. They'll have the first down. It's Bodie Seipel on the far side. Gavin Reiking giving up a little bit more of a cushion. Well, you need five yards. He got five. And Zach Hahn showing that arm strength going to the far side. Looks like they're going to show him a little bit short. Nope, it is a first down. Okay. They weren't moving the sticks on the far side, and then the official indicated first down. Clock stopped here for the first. 131 left. This is for all the marbles. Two wide receivers split out wide to the right, one to the left. Han in the gun. Armold behind him. Steps back to the 50. Looking, looking, firing deep. Double coverage and... There's no possible way. They're going to mark him down with the catch at the one, two yard line. Guess who? He goes up and over. It's going to look like Nathan oh Pashley on the far side. Joven Hollis was coming over to help, but it looked like he got there too late or was trying to go behind the ball and didn't judge it correctly. But the Barons get the ball, get the catch on the two-yard line. Man. Hey, you basically had three defenders on that play, right? You had double coverage. You're up against the left side. And, man, the Barons just lining up. They're going to try to pound this in. Armold stuffed behind the line. Palangin on the stop. Kyle Ash, Lucas Palangin. Sorry, they 35 in on the carry. They stuff Double. him. Lose a couple yards back to the five. It'll be second down. The clock running, 1.10 to go. So Jaden White coming in. He has about 30 pounds on Bryson Armold. Now the clock underneath one minute to play. Second down and goal from the five. Handoff. Oh, no, it's going to be Han faking it. He's oh, looking around at Lucas Palange. And he was looking, looking, looking. Nothing came out. And, oh, no. We have Jonathan Martin down on the ground. And that will stop the clock with 39 seconds. Miles Brandt was the first one in the backfield as Han was trying to roll out looking downfield. He got by him, but Lucas Polange cleaned it up. And they are back at the 15-yard line. Jonathan Martin sitting upright at least. 39 seconds left here in four down territory. You're 15 yards away now after the 10-yard sack by Lucas Polange. The defensive line has come to play here. Wow, you get the catch, takes it down to the two-yard line. Your defense pushes them back 13. Two more plays for the season. Got him down to the two, and Exeter's defense rising to the occasion. This is 
everything that you kind of expected them to be. They're one of the best run defenses in the entire Lancaster-Lebanon League. Standing up tall on that play. Little play action. This time Han with nowhere to go. Now third and 15. Like I said, two down territory. You got your secondary needs to step up here. Have to imagine you're not going one-on-one -on -one coverage <laughs> against, uh, you know, like I said, I won't say his name for three times in a row. but With Exeter allowing 10 points a game, seeing that they, the uh, Mannheim Central Barons were able to put up 17 in the first half, and you're wondering, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, the defense thus far has shut them out here in the second half. And a timeout from the Barons. A timeout for the Barons. And 39 seconds left, 21-17. We'll take a quick break and be right back for the grand finale. It's going to be a good one. Four-point lead for Exeter. They're holding on. More to come on the Exeter Sports Network. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. Call Mikey LeBron of EXP Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. 21-17, 39 seconds remaining. You got two plays left here for Mannheim Central. Han in the gun, two wide receivers split wide to the right, including Enterline. He's going to fake looking left, now steps up in the pocket, rolling to his left. Eyes still down the field, looking towards the back of the end zone. It's intercepted! Nathan Pashley picks it off! Exeter will win! Without a doubt where that was going. And this time almost triple coverage in the back of the end zone. Han... Credit to him, keeping his eyes down the field. Well, that will end Mannheim Central's perfect season and move Exeter to 10-0. Well, at the start Somebody of that... Somebody has to bring down the energy. There was absolutely <laughs> no way that Exeter was going to be beaten by Interline on the far side. They had Miles Brandt on him right at the line. Nathan Pashley back about seven yards. And ultimately, there were probably four defenders around that ball while it was up in the air. Pashley comes down with it. Checkmate. Again, Han pushed out of the pocket, steps up. Credit to him, keeps his eyes down the field. Still looking, looking, looking. Knows exactly where he wants to go with it, right? We've seen that play a handful of times already today. 
as Exeter will down it once. And that should be it. And that time Exeter all over it. You just needed your secondary to step up against arguably the best quarterback in the league. He's thrown two picks all year. The third one will put the nail in the coffin for their undefeated season. The defense shuts out the undefeated Man. Mannheim Central Barons in the second half. And they go undefeated, 10-0 on the year, 6-0 in league play. The Section 2 title champs, your Exeter Eagles. Six feet is all that separated them here tonight. Exeter's defense standing tall with a goal line stand to finish off this one. 21-17 your final. We'll recap this and look forward to what is next for the Exeter Eagles. I'll give you a hint. It's a first-round bye in the district playoffs. But beyond that, what could potentially be coming their way? More to come on the Exeter Sports Network. I'm going through a drought. You don't even have to do too much. You can turn me on with just a touch. Valley Feed is the area's best place for pet food, supplies, and so much more. Featuring all of the prime brands and your pet's favorite food, they also have a customer loyalty program that can pay you back in free pet food on many products, plus chew toys, grooming supplies, and snacks. Ole Valley Feed carries a full line of bird food and suet, as well as coal and wood pellets to keep you warm this winter, which are available for delivery. All this in unmatched customer service. That's Ole Valley Feed, 143 Cleaver Road in Ole. On the web at olevalleyfeed.com and on Facebook. Sneaker Villa and the Boscov Shopping Center is Exeter's team apparel and uniform center. They do screen printing and embroidery for schools, businesses, and organizations of all sizes. A focus on customer service is what sets them apart from the pack, and a commitment to Exeter sports is what keeps them coming back. Open from 10 to 7, Monday to Saturday, located at 4290 Perkyoman Avenue. Sneaker Villa is a locally owned business. Sneaker Villa, your team store. Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Hurt playing sports? Count on Penn State Health Sports Medicine to help you get back to doing what you love. Weekend warriors and pro athletes get complete care from our skilled sports medicine providers. They'll help you avoid future injuries with a treatment and recovery plan tailored to you. Same day and next day appointments available. 
Call Penn State Health Sports Medicine at 610-378-2255. That's 610-378-2255. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right. This is the Exeter Sports Network. The Exeter Eagles shutting out the Mannheim Central Barons. Absolutely who fantastic. Put up 55 points a game, roughly. And they shut him out here in the second half. Give up a 40-yard pitch and catch to put it down on the two-yard line. And with a full set, full complement of timeouts for Mannheim Central, they use one of them, and they can't punch it in from the two. Instead, intercepted by Nathan Pashley. Ends this ball game 21-17, your final score. We commented when the Barons had the ball the last drive that yeah, it didn't look like that there was a whole lot of concern there's a buck 10 on the clock and they're at midfield and whatever and then of course they, they got, got the big down. play and it was okay now the clock really isn't a factor and the defense has to come up huge and let's face it as i shared with you exeter's given up 10 points a game all season long when the barons score 17 in the first half and you're wondering yes there were a couple of fluke things the kickoff return the, the punt return for the touchdown and you're wondering what could potentially happen well the defense comes up huge you mentioned it the last minute INT and Exeter section champs and that was a long drive long drive to finish it off Exeter gave them the ball back with like six and change I think and they had the penalty which and took them the back penalty. even further they get the convert on the third and 12 the Bodie Seipel pass over the middle that takes him into Eagles territory. That was a long drive to finish off that game and just unable to seal the deal here at home against the Exeter Eagles and their vaunted defense. Give Zach Hahn credit. He was composed back there all night long. Uh, was able to make some big plays when he had to. We, we can't say enough as far as Aaron Enterline. Uh, just coming up absolutely huge tonight. And Armold did what he basically does for them all season long. He's their battering ram. And so it, tonight's game lived up to its billing. But importantly, Exeter holding Armold to under 100 yards rushing here tonight. Eight. Touched the ball 21 times for 96 yards. That's right. Close enough. But eight 100-yard games on the season for Armold, and Exeter holds them short of that mark. Man, we circled this game on our calendar. Did not disappoint in the slightest and again we talked during the break just a just a bit how big that field goal decision was early in the early in the first half that you get the ball down on the two yard line you got fourth and two you have a hot running back you just marched all the way down the field and you decide to kick a field goal at home in a big game like this and it may not seem like much at the time but if they punch it in on fourth down, they didn't. They were at sorry fourth and two on the three. They didn't even need a touchdown on that play. They could have gotten to the one and got a fresh set of downs from the one yard line. They just needed two yards. That's right. They decide to kick a field goal, and your winning margin here is by four. They just punch that in instead. You could be looking at a 21-21 game. You toss the ball 40 yards down the field. You get it down to the two. You're not in any type of hurry, and you can just throw out. You know, you could send Jerry out there for a 20-yard. You could? 20-yard field goal, Jerry. I could do that. And you're walking out of here undefeated. Now, I'll go back earlier in the game where it's 17-7. 
and the Barons have all the momentum. Mason Ritelli goes out of the game. So who do you bring in? Joey Schlaffer. What does he do? Just like he did with the 91-yard rush for the touchdown uh, a week ago. He takes the ball. I think it was a 65-yarder this time. Goes around left end. That killed all of the Barons' momentum. Brought back Exeter within three. And it put him in striking distance at halftime. Well, let's face it. At halftime, it, you didn't have the feel that the game was even that close because ultimately, other than that first drive for Exeter, the Barons controlled a lot of what went on uh, during you know those first and second quarters. So to go down 17-14 at the half was huge. It's the first time that we've seen this team come back from a deficit, first time that we've seen them in any type of deficit the entire season. Not even just like first half, like losing at halftime. First time that they've been down at all the entire year. So that was impressive. And again, we, we talked about it at halftime. What does Matt Bauer do, you know, right before we came back uh, to start off the, uh, the third quarter? And I said, you get your offense back into a rhythm. You hand it off. You give it to Richie Karstein. And that entire first drive that they went back down the field, Karstein ended up running it. 14 times, or sorry, yeah, 14 times, seven times for, eh, what, 33 yards and a score. And that and was just getting right back into it. Settle the nerves. You get back into it. You don't have to go away from your offense just because you're losing. You're not throwing the ball down the field all the time. Go back to your bread and butter. And that time, just like the first drive where Karstein took it 10 times uh, from beyond the line of scrimmage there, this time seven times and a touchdown. Got him right back into it gave them the lead, and they didn't look back. You mentioned it. It certainly is going to test your resolve as far as the first time you're down. You can start playing a little tight. You can start playing a little worried, a little fear. We haven't been here. It's uncharted territory. And give the defense credit. Give the offense credit, just like you talked about. They stayed with the game plan. They didn't all of a sudden start throwing the ball 20, 25 times a game. The running game got them there. Karstein, Ritelli. They stayed with it, and ultimately. I mean, Rotelli only threw it nine times. He threw it nine times. Mm -hmm. As a team, they threw it ten. Schlaffer had the, the one little gadget play right. uh, that he just nearly missed. Genuine Stutzman, by the way. Yeah. Near, nearly yeah. missed Stutzman. Yeah. Uh, but just threw it nine times, two picks. Not a great day by Mason Rotelli, but enough to get the job done as Karstein, once again, shouldering a very large part of that load, 30 carries for him tonight as he just put the team on his back and said, yeah, I am Spartacus, let's go. And they uh, rallied behind him, gave him enough running lanes, and again, able to wind how much time off the clock there in the fourth quarter, just uh, allowing Karstein to, to feast and do what he does. And he ends up with 156 yards by my tally on the ground. We remember in preseason, we didn't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. Mason Ritelli was new to the program. I'd say new to the program, new as far well, as never in the a starting pass. role. Sure. That's right. Richie Karstein, new to the role as far as the starting running back, didn't know what to expect. Well, as we've seen the year progress, we've seen their maturity where the team has such confidence, Coach Bauer has such confidence in them, just like uh, Coach Bauer has talked about in a number of interviews where he gives the, the keys to Mason Ritelli and says, this is what we want to do. Mason Ritelli has gone out and he's executed. 
They've told Richie Karstein, we're going to give you the ball. You run behind that big offensive line. That's what he's done to the tune of 150-plus tonight. And like you said, it took so much time off the clock. It kept that vaunted Barron's offense off the field. And, you know, relatively low-scoring game at 21-17. Again, seeing what Mannheim Central was capable of. Worth every penny. Absolutely. <laughs> worth worth Absolutely. every single penny. I mean, if you want to watch good football games, I'm sure that this will go down. Certainly not the, uh, the, the Governor Mifflin game last year, but this will be one for especially guys like Mason Rotelli, Richie Karstein. I mean, this is their token game this year with them in the starting lineup. Like I said, they don't remember much from Mannheim Central. They might have played special teams, maybe. <laughs> you know, that they... They didn't have any of that from last year. And, and coming in here against an undefeated Central team, they were ranked tops in the uh, the, the power rankings for, for PIAA District 3 4A. They're actually sitting right now in third after today's loss uh, behind Bishop McDevitt and Lampeter Strasburg, who I'd imagine uh, finished off Elko pretty, pretty. Or no, they play uh, Wyo tomorrow. That's my fault. That's right. That's the Saturday tomorrow. Game, yeah. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But. Let me tell you, uh, this is absolutely going to be a game that these kids remember. And, uh, hard, man, it, it, they they left it all out there. Like I said, you, you let Mannheim Central go down to the two-yard line, clock ticking down, you need to make a stop, and they come up with three of them. Last year's team set the expectation as to what they're capable of. This team has taken that baton and said, you know what, we can do that too, and Certainly, this is the first step. They'll have the bye and then, of course, the first round. But certainly, this is a team that's uh, just as special as last year's. And we weren't, and, and I have to go back to the beginning of the season. We really didn't know what we were going to get. And this team came together. The defense, amazing. The offense, incredible. And uh, it's, it's really been a joy to watch. And it'll be fun to see where they go from here. This game's really going to be a learning experience for this entire team. Uh, not only from the aspect of you showed resolve, you were down 17, uh, what, 17-10? No. 17-14 at, at the half. Uh, they were up 10-3 to at one point, uh, had all the momentum, and then finally had it shifted back. Uh, you know, they showed a lot of resolve on offense, on defense, maybe not so much on special teams. We'll work on that. During the buy, during the uh, the first round by here that they've uh, that they've collected, but um, you know I think that Mason Rotelli for him this is a learning experience, you know especially the past couple weeks he's been under fire a little bit more than usual, um, you know he's tossed it up, and I think that he's learned tonight that you can't just throw it up in the general direction of Joey Schlaffer all the time and come away with success. Now of course Schlaffer with 39 yards receiving on two receptions and of course you know running for 65 five and then running for 70 yeah it was uh, 70. ultimately um you know but at the end of the day he's going to look back at this tape and realize okay maybe i need to be a little bit better going forward um you know it, it's it's going to be just an immense game for them to look at the game film take pride in what they did here tonight but there's still a lot to learn for them going forward good job I think what happens, too, is as you're going through the season that Mason Ratelli had, and we've talked about this, too, the level of competition may not be up to what you're going to see tonight. So 
you're right. The plays that you might have been able to make against Conestoga Valley, against Warwick, against the other teams that you played, yeah, you could make them against those teams. But as you start getting to the better talent, of course, with these teams such as Mannheim Central, you can't make the same plays. So, yeah, I think it is definitely a learning experience where, okay, if I am going to throw that, i got to throw it sooner. I've got to throw it on a line. I've got to do something different because that athletic ability that Enterline had on that interception down here to our right, that was, that was something else. And it was not a poorly thrown a ball, but he was able, but it was just where it was just enough where that window was a little bit further to the outside for the completion and Enterline made him pay. So certainly a game that Mason Ritelli will learn from. Certainly. Oh, like I said, can't uh, can't say enough about this game. Just an immense win for Exeter. Like I said, maybe not on, on par with last year's District 3 title winning game over a uh, much heavier favored Governor Mifflin. But, you know, certainly coming in against an undefeated team, coming into their house, going down, coming back, making the big goal line stand there. Like I said, six feet is what separated these two teams tonight. Well, and deciding to go for a field goal early in the first half. <laughs> Gut check. A, a gut check victory? Absolutely. Sure. For, for the defense, yeah, your back's to the wall. You need to make plays. Lucas Palange came up about as big as you can come up. Miles Brandt, Gavin Reiking, we were talking about him yes. all game long. There were players just stepping up, and it's not just one. It's not just Anthony Cachese. It's not just Joey Reedy. There are so many contributors on the defensive side of the ball that – if one is blocked, one is maybe not having the game they are expected to have, there are other players that will step up, as we saw down there on the goal line, and it is really great to see. Ted, it, it was so nice to, to see this victory because uh, now last night uh, I talked to Tom Legath, and he was very confident that this was going to happen, and it's... I think that may have been the score that he gave me last night. Was that the score you said on our way? It, it, well, I think, yeah, I think it was. He said 21-17. And I totally forgot that I did. He said, <laughs> what do you think? I said, I think it's going to be close, low scoring. I said 21-17. But like I said, unless he tells now, I would have forgotten forever. So, But Tom w was very confident, and he told me last night, definite, regardless of, of the outcome of the game, it was going to be a... First round bye, yep. but uh, I guess this gets you a better opponent, does it not? Uh, it will pretty much get you the same opponent right now. It oh, depends okay. what Solanco does. Okay. Solanco currently ranked ahead of Exeter Township, and we touched on it last week, and Jerry doesn't like me touching on it. Although, you could look up the Garden Spot uh, Solanco game, okay, which should I be uh, wrapping that. up here shortly. I will that will, that. if Solanco does lose, and Garden Spot had a massive victory uh, last week, as they went in six and two, they were playing Elizabethtown. They ended up running them out of the stadium, 66-21, against the Bears in E Town. Uh, so Garden Spot, no, uh, you know, certainly not a uh, a team to be messed with here in 5A. You certainly want to get around them if if and at all possible. But uh, Solanco was nine to zero. Their opponent's winning percentage was up above 600. Which Final. Is, which is what Jerry loves. Final. Solanco 35, Garden Spot 20. All right. Well, Garden Spot did not show up in the same way <laughs> that they uh, that they had done earlier. Garden Spot 
I believe, really needing a, uh, not necessarily needing a victory to, uh, to keep doing what they're doing, but uh, certainly would have made things easier. They were the nine seed coming in. They'll drop to seven and three, but uh, Solanco will likely stay uh, as the number one seed in the 5A playoffs. Exeter will be number two, but Exeter will be hosting virtually the entire way yep. through, which is what you want. You didn't yep. want a, uh, a loss here tonight and possibly drop to third. Uh, where you'd have to travel for a semifinal game. You'll host all the way through the semifinals. And then, depending how things shake out on the top half of the bracket, could potentially be hosting for a District 3 title. What'd you say last night, or, or last week, as we were leaving the stadium? You said, oh, God, what if we have to go to Solanco or Gettysburg or something? <laughs> well, the answer is we don't have to go to Gettysburg. Yep. We won't have to go to New Oxford. We may have to go to Solanco, depending how things shake out. And there's a lot of talent but here on the bottom. But not immediately. Not immediately. There's a lot of talent here on the bottom half of the bracket. You know, you certainly have an Elizabethtown that could shake things up. Uh, like I said, talking about Garden Spot, they can get up for big games. Uh, Ephrata at 6-3 and three isn't too shabby either uh, with the mounts. Those are at least the ones that we know of here in Lancaster-Lebanon League. Not so much about New Oxford, Gettysburg, Shippensburg, or Southwestern Dover. You know, they'll all be coming in from a little bit outside our wheelhouse. Uh, but they currently sit on the bottom portion of the bracket and would be one of our first opponents, depending how things uh, shake out in the first round. So, boys, did we thank Mannheim Central AD Mark Schaefer? Right now we did, yes. Right yes, now we, we did. did. Yeah. Right now he we did. He treated us so well. You know, the way it That's all right. came thank together. Thank you, Mark Schaefer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, incredible. I mean, they just they, they put us here in the press box. Uh, other times we could have been put elsewhere, but here we are. Here we are. Great job. By A.D. Mark Schaefer. Thank you. And thank you to everybody on the uh, the the game day staff here who, who were also very nice. Absolutely. Bob McCool also paying thanks to uh, Mark Schaefer right now on the, uh, he heard on me. the other broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> he heard me. Well, of course, you can't be outdone. <laughs> you know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but, but truly, uh, Mark, thank you very much. And, and, of course, all season long when we've been on the road, we have been accommodated quite nicely, and we oh, appreciate dude. Uh, just throwing a word out to them. Tom Legath, you've been fantastic, of course, back at Exeter. And uh, we'll certainly look forward to seeing you over the next couple weeks. But uh, We'll see him next week. Well, but that's why? what I'm saying, next couple weeks. because yeah, yeah, because of the bye next you week. You know why? Because we have a first-round bye. That's, this is uh, a that's good sweet. thing. That's sweet. That sounds <laughs> nice. This is a good thing because this gives Tom and I two weeks to figure out what the press box food is going to be. There you go. <laughs> is it going to be better than burgers, dogs, and pizza? Or, Damn uh, right it is. It's probably going to be something like lasagna and meatballs. Do we need to reach out to Musos to uh, find out as far as or put our Musos order are halftime sponsor? Of yes. Course. I got news for you. Jerry might make the lasagna. Jerry Ooh. might make the lasagna. Jerry makes an incredible lasagna. You know what we'll have to do? We'll have to get together next week at Jerry's house, and we'll call a college game and just you know, I'm in. have a drink. <laughs> or, or right on Friday night. Friday night. There we'll will just be games going here on Friday oh, yeah. that we will not be attending. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 can, we can pretend it's Burke's Catholic and Governor Mifflin. <laughs> oh, pretend. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We can recreate that in my living room. There yeah, man, go. let's do it. Get Bruce Badgley on the phone. We'll see whatever uh, broadcast yeah. he's doing that night. Yeah, That's but I'm it. afraid I'm afraid if we bring Bruce over to the house, who knows what he'll be filming. That's <laughs> 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 <Well>, not Bruce. <laughs> No, that's usually just somebody focused on the cheerleaders during uh that during any true. break in the action. Well, the seventeen year old kid. You can't yeah, blame you, the kid you with really, the arm. You can't can blame you? him. 
We could, but we won't. Yeah. <laughs> so Exeter, <laughs> yeah. at the very least, going to be the number two seed going into uh, district playoffs. That means that they will not play next week, and you won't hear from us, uh, sadly. Uh, but first round will take place. That is uh, ultimately seeds. The top four have a first round by the next uh, you know, five through twelve will be in the first them. round, playing Friday and Saturday next weekend. And meanwhile, we will get to sit at home and wait for the quarterfinals, which will be held on Friday, November 11th, and Saturday, November 12th, which will be a home game in Rifton. How beautiful that sounds! Regardless, yeah. it was going to be a home game. Well, considering yeah, man. considering last year we were on the road for three straight games, sure. certainly Exeter ran the the end of that schedule as far as the of course the championship. But being able to have a home game is huge. Darren, help me. Wasn't the first one? Let me see. Where was the first uh, playoff game last year? Oh, it was right here, wasn't it? It was. Okay. It was. And I remember looking out the window because I couldn't see. I think this partition was here, and I couldn't see the scoreboard. And I looked out and saw, and like I told you, 36 nothing, and it was just, wow. Shell you know, th this team is just that good. And because Mannheim Central last year, they had a Division One recruit. They were one wide receiver, kick returner. And it was just a matter of, okay, this is going to be one heck of a game. And, I mean, Exeter just – when I say they came to play, man, they just steamrolled them, and it was incredible. Well, we'll see how things shake out. As of right now, they would play the winner of, I believe, the 7 and 10. So that would be, uh, that's currently at the number 7 seed. Like I said, depending, Solanco will likely stay at number 1. I'm assuming we'll be at number 2. We'll play the winner of the 7-10 matchup. As of right now, that would be Southwestern and Cedarcliff. So we would not be uh, playing a Lancaster-Lebanon League foe. That we know of. This will still be shaking out through tomorrow and be finalized a little bit later. Don't show me that score, Jerry. It's 5-3 Astros. And Mid-fourth. Uh, Mid-four. Mid-four. That means that yeah. Nola's already been chased. Good chance. Good but, chance. Uh, but, yeah, we still haven't done players of the game yet, so we should probably do that yeah, in, why don't uh, in quick oh, order. The Sneakerville the players, of, players the game. of the game. Yeah, so I, I don't think that we have much choice. It's going to be... Richie Karstein. The offensive player <laughs> of the game, Richie Karstein. Absolutely. We did not talk about this beforehand. Well, that's okay. We're going to nail him right now. So Richie Karstein dives in for two touchdowns tonight, including the game winner, 30 carries, 156 yards. Like I said, the aforementioned two scores for him. So he will be offensive player of the game, defensive player of the game. I mean, take your pick here on the uh, the final drive. You know, I'm going to I'm going to take a look at as far as who we've named so far. I'm going to go, you know, Gavin Reiking, he he played a huge secondary, made some huge hits on Armold. Any any other anything else? Well, Nathan Pashley did have the interception. Well, all right, you know you what? You also had Lucas Palange with a big sack. Yeah, had, he came yeah, up. Man. I mean, I mean, you could hand it out to a whole slew of guys. All right, yeah, do we Kyle have Lash with a big sack, uh, but Palange with the big one on the goal line. You know, they had the big goal line stop as well. I mean, take take your pick. I you know, dealer's choice. Go Palange. The, everything was on the line. He came up big. Let's go Lucas Palange. Let's go Lucas Palange with the uh, the sack on the ending drive. And then, I mean, I think that we have a, an opportunity to give it to maybe Nathan Pashley, who had some pretty good field-bending punts you know what? on the special team side. He had the 42-yarder, brought him to yep. midfield. Sounds like a great idea. And, you know, coming into this game, knowing that special teams could be a huge factor 
Uh, I was thinking more so. I mean, I knew that the Barons did have some return guys. Of course, it turned into be, you know, <laughs> Go figure. Mr. Enderline. But, uh, yeah, Nathan Pashley set him up at the 50, uh, shortened the field for the score. Yeah, Enterline finished with uh, five catches for 83 yards, two interceptions, and a 73-yard punt return for a touchdown. In a different universe, he would be our offensive, defensive, <laughs> special teams, all three of them player of the game yeah. for Mannheim Central. But guess what? We call on the Exeter Sports Network, so That's right. nobody cares. That's right. <laughs> At least nobody that's probably listening to us right now. In the bizarro world. In the bizarro no. world. In some other alternate multiverse, uh, that would happen. But, yeah, you won't hear from us at all next week, uh, which is kind of exciting and kind of not. And that means that I don't get paid. So the first round by doing well. Off. First round by doing well for Exeter. Maybe we'll go to New Birdies and have some Italian wedding soup or something. There you go. You are not going to let that go, are you? I'm not going to let that go. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be back. Time still to be announced, uh, but very likely Friday, November 11th. Still not quite sure who we will be playing, but we can make darn sure it will be in the quarterfinals and it will be at Exeter. We will be there. And, of course, we will be there. We'll be there in the quarterfinals. We'll be there in the semifinals, hopefully, which would also be hosted at Exeter. And then depending how things shake out, the championship hosted at the higher seat as well. Do you know why we will be there? Because we are the Exeter Sports Network. We are the Exeter Sports Network, and as I said earlier today, we bleed blue while the competition bleeds everybody else. We cover like Exeter. A tick. We cover Exeter like no one covers Exeter. Correct. I mean, there might have been another radio station here tonight that comes when it's convenient for them. Correct. Or convenient on the schedule. Yep. And I'm sure that they may be in Exeter, but, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, somebody named Tom Legath will uh, hook us up with the uh, best seats in the house, as always. As always. As always. That, that's that's our table, baby. It's the, uh, the perks <laughs> of being the Exeter Sports <laughs> Network. That's right. <laughs> what a time to come into it, too. Man, oh, man. Uh, it's great. We yeah. really did. We came into this at a great time. It, uh, it is the absolute, uh, just an amazing time of Exeter Sports. What a time to be alive. Cross country, maybe not girls basketball, but... Football. We don't know what that's going to happen. <laughs> we don't year. know what that's going to. We don't know where that's going to shake out. But now, let's take care of football first. Let's take care of football. Okay, is that it? That is it. Twenty-one seventeen year final. Exeter moves on, undefeated through ten regular season games. On to the playoffs we go. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you once again to Mannheim Central for hosting us here tonight. Thank you to Jerry for pulling this all together. Thank you to Darren for being an excellent partner, calling tonight's game. And for anyone else that I missed, I'm Ryan Lineweaver. We'll see you in two weeks for playoff football at Exeter High School. Good night. Thank you for joining us for your District 3 champion Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center on the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Eagles football regular season on the Exeter Sports Network. Now it's on to the playoffs. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gelliff Media. Good night.